Okay, my name's Josh Alvin. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 79 of Cinebox. Cinebox! So we are in New York City. Yeah, the big apple? The biggest of apples. Yeah! And we're here with director... (laughs) (laughs) With director Ryan Prowse. Director... right? Yep. Prowse, yeah. Yeah. Director of Low Life, which I think at this point it's safe to say that unless Josh Goldblum is listening to this... Most Nobody's. of our audience hasn't seen Low Life yet. So right. it's like movie coming out, Low Life. Yep. April 6th in yeah. Philly. Yeah. Nice. Philly people. Are you going to be there for that screen? I'm not. No. Okay. I'm going to be in Atlanta where I'm from. Right. So that's cool. It's like the theater that I grew up around the, the street from. <sighs> Atlanta. Shout out to Samantha Ray. Yeah. She's from Atlanta. Samantha Ray. Is our, she's a writer. She, there, no? uh, she has not written for us yet, but she does support us on Patreon. So oh, okay. sub, sub Sam. She's yeah, in yeah. LA now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, but this is your first. This is the first film you directed, right? First feature, yeah. Uh, and oh, we're going to ask you some questions about it. But I just want to uh, get a feeling uh, from Cinepocalypse. So, for those of you who don't know, I saw. Well, you should know if you listen to this podcast because after Cinepocalypse, I was <laughs> just like, say it, Liam. Everyone see Low Life. It's so amazing. So <laughs> I saw it, and um, did you? You co-wrote this with a team of people? Is that yeah, right? there were five writers total. Yes. I'm one of five. Um, which means you're not special, by the way. No, well, that's <laughs> stop, why. I, stop feeling special. Then I directed it. So I was oh, like, fuck you guys. Special weekend. <laughs> Back at it. <laughs> my ego. Were they, were they there being like, don't leave out my part, man? Oh, like well, one of, the, one of the writers was an actor in it as well. He plays Keith. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So, yeah. yeah, it was, we were cutting whole section. He wrote himself like huge monologues and shit. And we were like, cut, cut this, cut this. You fucking suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the implied insult. That's how we work together as well. Huge oh, 100. Monologue. You have to have, yeah. I mean, that was the cool thing is there's five of us so that you can kind of keep each other honest and like mm. just hold each know, other to task. Talk kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, you fucking suck. What are you talking about? This is terrible. <laughs> and or keep a posse. Yeah. And be like, this is not so terrible. This is doing good. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 So, um, we're going to talk to uh, Ryan a little bit about the making of Low Life. We're going to talk to Ryan a little bit about music because uh, I, I so I met Ryan at Cinepocalypse because I walk in a room and I see uh, those of y'all who know I do a podcast called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man mm-hmm. with Doug Tilly. What's up, Doug Tilly? Good dude, direct uh, maker of our website from Canada. From Canada, and Doug is talking to a gentleman with a massive beard and an integrity. Humanity is a devil shirt on. And I think, Doug doesn't know anyone cool. What's going on here? <laughs> and I walk over, and Doug's like, this is right. He directed Low Life. He's so stoked. And I was like, okay, cool. And then instead of being like, I'm excited to see your movie, I said, I like your integrity shirt. And then we nerded out for like two seconds. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that your thing? Like a metally hardcore? I like, yeah, I like that stuff. And then, yeah, grew up like more hardcore stuff and like oi and, you know, mm. kind of punk stuff, street punk, whatever. Uh, what well, I I hate the fucking street punk. I don't Just call it oi. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. All these demarcations make no no sense to me. Don't you think at this point? I, I say at this point. At the point when we were getting into it, it seemed like the difference between street punk and oi was an aesthetic one. 
So like, did you listen clothing, to more Coxbar yeah. yeah. and Foreskins, or did you listen to more Kraut and fucking Casualties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, it's like, are you a butt flapper or are you buying Bobby butt flapper? Fred Perry's? Yeah, Bobby butt flap. And that's the oi and street punk thing. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Street punk to me always sounded like, yeah, it's dirt, nasty motherfuckers. But it wasn't. It was still some, like, oi shit where you're just like, well. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> What was it like in Atlanta when you were coming up in this? So it was cool. It was like, uh, we got to, you know, I mean, like, especially, I don't know, like, uh, Morning Again, that oh, type yeah, of that fucking. Victory yeah. Metal yeah, yeah. That time. Josh, um, don't say it like that. That's what it say is, it though. Put respect on its name. <laughs> what did I just say? What did I just say? Victory Metal Corps. So there's All a lot of, of that core. shit coming yeah. through, and then like you know, rednecks coming into town, and we were fighting the fuck out of some rednecks. Yeah, and stuff, that know? sounds like a common southern yeah. like, experience. <laughs> that's rough. Man. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that no, was cool. But Morning Again, sick. Josh is less in the metal and than the metal core. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I was actually just doing a quick reassess of, like, the metally hardcore that I like. And yep. I really like bands like Catharsis. I like the first couple Cave-In records. Cave-In. The two, yeah. the first two, like, I yeah, still listen to those fucking all the yeah, time, dude. Those so are so great. good. And then they were just like, why didn't they just make a new band? Like, yeah, like when they change that much, they... you're like, you're not the same band. It's weird. And then that bass player just died. You heard about what? that? What? Yeah, I heard I didn't that. hear that. The no. bass player died this week from a car crash. Oh, what the it. fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Caleb. So, mm. but I yeah, saw, no. yeah, I saw them one time. It was like one of the most incredible, like, because he, the singer plays lead guitar on all yeah. that crazy ass shit. It's you're insane. just like, what in the, f-? I mean, it was yeah. like watching a virtuoso. <laughs> just put that work in. Hard style, man. Hard style. I, I feel like one of those dudes, um, didn't one of those dudes play with Converge when they played it? This is hardcore. He did like a bunch of the songs with them. I think maybe. I don't know. I missed that night because I went and saw Nick Cave instead. Yeah. Wow. wow. I can't judge. You know, I can't judge I'm you saying. for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was fine. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. It was good good choice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I could see all these bands I've seen a thousand times, or Nick Cave at the Man Music Center. I made my choice. Yeah. It was cool. You stand. I think with that's it. okay. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. So. Did you you put like a like a funky Nick Cave suit on for that day? No, I like did not. Like a tight ass. I was ready to go to This Is Hardcore, <laughs> and then my friend called me and was like, I have an extra ticket, so I just went. <laughs> to Bye. The show. I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to see you later. See ya. Take it easy. <laughs> I think, I don't remember if it was this year, but I think that was the year that I, I skipped Converge too. but I think it was to see Tragedy at Kung Fu Necktie. Oh, Tragedy is so good. Do you like that, like, that D-beat, crusty stuff too? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, definitely Tragedy that. And... Like, his or is gone, like all that stuff. That's yeah. like more the... The heavy stuff that I really gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I mean, yeah, I like that of the you know just super technical shit. But then, oh, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Bands like metal, yeah, metal stuff to me starts getting a little too much after a while. So yeah, I don't know. You switch around. Yeah, I mean, I used to listen like when when uh, probably even back when we first started this podcast, I was still listening to a lot more metalcore. Yeah. But I find now I'm listening to a lot more fast stuff, you know, and a lot more like. Uh, 80s style, like late 80s style stuff. If I'm listening to anything metal, it tends to be like crossover. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Destruction. Yeah. <laughs> or even just even just the first Leeway record. Like the, uh, the oh man. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, okay. Okay. Well, you right. just mentioned Nick Cave, which reminds me, we have to, to start with our uh, patented special okay. feature. Our totally original segment. That no one else should do or we will see you. Uh-huh. It's called... Whacking on, on track. <laughs> so, as our guest, Ryan, mm-hmm. you have the choice to either go first, middle, or last. And this is where we discuss. Last. Okay. <laughs> I knew he was going to go. I could see last. I'm like, uh. I'll go first. Okay, go. So, um, wha- I have two whacks. Oh, man. 
I'm What's starting, going on? I'm starting with the wax. Go ahead. First whack, uh, and people on social media probably know this already, I shaved my head. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. That in and of itself is not bad, but I have a fucked up scalp, and I had no idea. And it's a real bummer, and I feel like everywhere I go, people are looking at my scalp like, what's going on with that dude's scalp? It's got like a skin disease on his head. Y'all, I swear to God, it's yeah, just... Yeah, I think you look handsome, man. Well, I wouldn't worry about that. I love the shape of my head. Right. But I don't like all the, the splotchy, dry skin grossness. But, but it's going away. You kind of got like a Bam Bam Bigelow sort of vibe. It's a good now. look. Okay. It's I'm a hard look. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. And that, that it does look like some raw dog shit. Like if I saw you, I'd be like, that motherfucker, I'm not, ta- I'm not fucking with it that guy. It looks like I did it with a knife. Yeah. And, and damaged <laughs> yeah. it with a Bowie knife and grease from a yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. I bought special head scalp moisturizer and very delicately moisturize my scalp. I've made the, the, the claim that the only time I'll ever do cocaine is if someone offers it to me at the end of a Bowie knife. Like, what? okay, yeah, there the you cocaine go. Yeah. My metric for success, you know, is that my plan is if I ever become famous for any reason, I will know I've made it when I can walk into my tattoo shop wearing a fur coat, sunglasses, with <laughs> cocaine all over my face, and then I just start crying. Right. That's my plan. Like, the slow cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I know. I've and made everyone's got to just sit there and they're just like, "What's wrong watch? with Josh? Yeah. What's wrong with Josh?" And the, I have a fur coat and sunglasses. On. They will know what's wrong with Josh. That shit is awesome, though, right? Yeah. How good is that? How good? Here's is that? the thing: you're already forty. It's true. I feel like the time for this wild ass period in your life has passed. Hey, man, listen. You I'm can have a dream, woman. though. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll let it go. You know, let me get to my other whack. Okay, go. My other whack. No, it wasn't the experience of it, but it's the thing itself. Okay. I saw Ready Player One. Oh wow! Go ahead. It's not good. Not good. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say myself... that on social media, I was given the impression that you didn't hate it. I don't hate it, but my life is so awesome that right. this is how far I have to reach for a whack that the movie's not good. Okay. Now, is it terrible? No. I actually think it's better than the book, which I am firmly in the opinion of the book is a solid concept done terribly. Wow. Like it's not a bad idea uh-huh. in and of itself, but the nostalgia is like so wonky jerk off geek culture shit yeah and the writing is like painful just bad they were saying that's kind of like i haven't read the book but they were saying the book's kind of like that too like it's a slog to get through it's like well no that's what i'm saying that's what the book is like the movie because it's a spielberg movie has more momentum it's a little more exciting like it's not it doesn't have some of the flaws but uh the first, I mean, this is a two-hour and 15-minute movie. Jesus Christ. I found the first 45 minutes unbearable. Unbearable. And then there's a sequence that's actually awesome. Yeah. And then everything else after that is fine. And I'm like, okay, the movie's fine. Right. But like two hours and 15 minutes? No. Like, wow. And I feel like it doesn't, I don't know, people who read the book seem to love it. So if you read the book and you love the book, you'll probably like the movie. But for me, it was just fine. And it, it, it kind of bummed me out because I feel like there was a potential there. Here's the thing. I'm not against nostalgia. We're kind of nostalgic yeah. kind of people. But there's just a point where it's too, like, you're just like, oh, look, someone in the big, someone in the big battle is the Ninja Turtles. Someone else is the Cyclops <laughs> from, you know, Ray Harryhausen movie. And oh, look, there's Strawberry Shortcake, huh? Right. Oh no! Here's Chucky. Okay, like it's mm. it's it's too much for you to for me. I'm gonna say you for me to take joy in each of the reveals because it's so much that it's mm. just like, like it'd be like turn. it'd be cool to have a really good piece of bacon, unless it's like on a sandwich with so much other shit that it just becomes part of a pile of stuff. stuff. You know, so that's how I felt about it. Uh, 
the on track is that I went to see it with friend of the show, Cinepunker John Wren. Fellow podcaster. Yeah, we and I got to be on the mandate, and just yeah. recording the mandate with him was fun. And yeah. and you can hear more of what I think about it. I, I've had a few days to think about it, so I'm a little more negative than when we recorded it. Uh-huh. Right after, I was like, eh, it's fine, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it hasn't sat well with me over time. But doing that with John was really great. Yeah. On the mandate. John's awesome. Uh, and I've got so much stuff going on with work and baby stuff now, mm. that that's like, all I've gotten to do is do that. So um, the only other thing on track I did was the last episode when we talked to Liam and they're coming to New York today to hang out with you guys. We're doing two episodes in one month is really good for us. Can I say that too? We used to do it all the time. Yeah, but now... now We're going to do it. Doing it. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. So that's your whack. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Good. My whack. um, I was uh, coming home from a movie the other day. Oh, God. Are you going to tell this story? I have to, don't I? All right. Go ahead. What if the person's (laughs) listening? This should be in your on track. I thought this was on track. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the story, and then we'll split the difference. <laughs> so here's what happened. I went to go to a movie by myself because my wife has been on a business trip in uh, San Francisco. I'm coming home from the movie. It's like ten o'clock at night, and I have to get dinner because I haven't eaten yet. Right. I go to a gas station that serves fried chicken at the corner of Spring Garden, Delaware Ave. Now judge me if you will, but the fried chicken there is quite delightful. I get the fried chicken. I'm standing outside. I put it down on top of the propane tanks. I have my earbuds in, my hood up, because it's cold. And I'm enjoying chicken and having a great time. I look over. A young lady is standing in front of me. And I didn't realize that she was there. And she's, like, talking to me. So I go to take off my earbud. And when I go reach up to do this, she hands me a dollar. And then kind of walks away, like scurries away. (laughs) So automatically, I'm standing there with chicken in one hand. And a dollar. And I'm like the fuck was that you know what i mean like i didn't know and then it dawns on me slowly that this woman thinks i'm in need of cha- her charity which she then gleefully gave me oh I thought, I thought she was gonna have taken like a chicken leg or something i, I mean <laughs> if that was the case i would have gladly given her you know yeah. but yeah she walked away and i had no idea what she said to me prior to giving me this dollar you look like a street punk i look like a street person <laughs> like a homeless person i yeah. think and i was like man do I really look that destitute that someone's just going to hand me a dollar while I'm eating chicken on top of a propane tank like a, like a fucking like a like a gentleman is, is what I, yeah but I don't know so I don't know if that's whack or on track but I appreciate I felt the dollar. I felt like it was very gentlemanly for you to put the chicken you could have just been holding the I chicken. could have just been holding the chicken there have been times when I've ridden my bicycle to this gas station to eat the chicken and then like there's a running path right near there and I've stood there like with my bike eating the chicken and people have run around me so as to avoid me which I mean. I get it, but so she was straight like you're eating gas station chicken. Something's wrong. I guess I don't know. I, <laughs> what I'm were like, you? You were wearing a hoodie. I yeah, I was wearing a hoodie and I had regular clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, quite exactly what I'm wearing right now. Not a problem. It was Tuesday. Yeah, but I'm just saying it was weird. It felt me made me feel really uncomfortable. But then also I had a dollar, so I was like, cool, man. Thanks, uh-huh. for, <laughs> thanks for the dollar. Now you can get a drink for your chicken. So whether or not that was whack or on track. Well, that's it. You can't even get like a dollar. Man, that sucks, dude. Like that puts yeah. it in perspective. Yeah, a dollar ain't shit. No, no. And there's you have to sit there and get so more gotta... dollar. Yeah, no, no. I actually giving someone a dollar is you. You haven't even helped them. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you've, you've helped them get a package of gum. Let them show how Maybe. poorly they. You, depending on what, depending where... on which gum. <laughs> yeah. You can't get on the fucking train for a dollar. No, nope. you nope. can't you get anything to drink or eat. Yeah, no. You can't even get candy for a dollar. You can get the nickel candies. 
Of which you can get a lot for a dollar, but I'm just saying, who wants all that? And not so, a lot of places have nickel candy anymore. I'm going to put that in the whack Yeah, because even like, yeah, yeah, like Laffy Taffy or whatever is like a, a quarter. I'm going to put it in my on track that you told that story because I love wow. that story. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you made that. That girl and felt she, really good about herself. She, she did, She yeah. definitely was like, yo, I'm doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's on track then. I guess that's on track. Although for the... the consider- Are you sure you didn't just drop that dollar and she was giving it back to you? Fuck no, because I didn't have a dollar. <laughs> I spent it all on my chicken. Just saying. But that's not important. That's not important. So I'll, I'll, I amend it and I'll put that on track. And then other on track, I saw um, Pacific Rim Uprising for the mandate. Where me and my bandmate Bruce Park, aka the Jinko Jesus, did it yeah. with a. We, yeah, he, he still wears Jinkos. It's the best. Are you serious? He bought three pairs last month because they're going out of business, and he's like, "I'm good for the rest of my life." It's amazing. Anyway, but so, he wears them as a joke, or he wears no, them no, for no. Real? That's all. Yeah, he he's into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is legitimately trapped in the nineties. So how did he not get like a dollar handed to him? Like that, that uh, I would be like, yo, yo, you're this dude's definitely homeless. <laughs> he's wearing Jinkos. Jinko like, jeans. Yeah. So we saw. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising for the mandate with John Wren and it was really fun and Bruce had never been on a podcast before so it was his first podcast and it was a very jubilant experience you really liked the movie eh it's fine I just keep hearing terrible things I know and uh, you know what it's funny because like a couple people have come at me and been like bro that movie sucks I'm like well if fun sucks then yeah I guess it does or but a lot it, of people don't think it's even fun man well I don't know what they were looking at because I saw robots fighting dinosaurs <laughs> what the fuck there's a triple dinosaur thing that happens in there. The kaijus all make one big one. Fucking awesome. All right, if you say so. And then I saw Isle of Dogs. Oh, yeah. I saw that, and I saw it again. I saw it twice already. What do you think about that whole uh, the, the, the racist stuff? It's I don't think it's racist. Okay. As an Asian man, I'm left unoffended by it. Yeah. I haven't and seen it, but uh, just I know that that was like a conversation. A lot of people were being very vocal at the screening last night about it. Really? There's one person. Do you feel like it's it's like... That's become like the story around it, or I feel as though everybody who has been indignant about it is not paying attention to the movie because the whole time. So, I was telling Liam on the way up here, I was watching this movie, and this person sitting behind me kept on like being very, very like, This is very awkward. Every time, like, an Asian person would be on the screen, there's only <laughs> one white character in the movie, mm-hmm. but every single time an Asian person would do an Asian thing, this woman was like, awkward this is really awkward like really loud about it it's like yeah we're at the ritz dog like i don't know why you think this is time to talky talk but it's not yeah i mean and let's be clear the only thing as offensive as racism is talking during a movie (laughs) so (laughs) shut your fucking mouth yeah 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 yeah. but uh i'm sorry that said i did enjoy it it's i I mean i really like fantastic mr fox and it's the same of that kind of fun jubilant movie making it took me forever to see fantastic mr fox and when i finally saw it i was like this is fucking incredible but like i love it yeah, yeah but i hadn't i don't know i just didn't want to see it Leading up to it, and then when yeah. I finally saw it, I was like, "Damn, I fucked up. This is really good." The movie's great. Yeah. And Are you? Wh- like, how do you feel about Wes Anderson in general? I love him. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan. I, I my band after. the one. What, what's your band? Cross Keys. Oh. Oh. Okay. From Grand Budapest Hotel. I so. like. So that is that your favorite one? Yeah. That is? The one. What's the train one? That's the only one I don't Darjeeling like. Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! You literally just spoke out of my brain. Yeah. Literally, the, I always tell people the one. Bad Wes Anderson movie to me is Darjeeling. Yeah, he is up his ass in that one. The funny thing about that is that is the one truly I feel racist movie that Wes Anderson has done because the the whole culture is the backdrop to white drama. Yeah. Well, okay. okay, When people say his other movies, people have said his other movies have issues. I don't think the issue is that they're racist in the sense of they're 
playing off of racial stereotypes. Entitlement. It's just that they're totally so entitled and white. Yeah. Which, like, I get it that that bums people out, and it's maybe a bummer that a his buddy of mine makes says, so much money. But <laughs> a buddy of mine says that it's uh, uh, black sci-fi. Uh, Shay, he's Keith, who played Keith. He says that it's uh it's just a fake world that they'll never like he's like, that's black people sci-fi is Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I can kind of see that actually. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um but uh, uh, so here's the thing. I haven't seen Isle of Dogs yet. <clears throat> but I you know, I get the one criticism I heard that I think makes sense is that like the way the film functions is like, you know, the dogs don't understand the humans. You know, and so like they're like sort of different, and that works really well if you don't speak Japanese. But if you speak Japanese, it then you do understand the humans, and you you don't connect as emotionally to these people. These dogs. These you know the dogs can't. They're in like almost you know. In, in other words, the way I read an article where a Japanese American person was describing it, it's like they kind of function like the parents in Charlie Brown, right. unless you know what they're saying, and then they don't, and. Even the audio is such that at points they're hard to hear. So if you speak Japanese, that's actually kind of distracting because you're like, what are they saying? Like, you kind of want to know because, you know, on the other hand, this thing, these were people who were kind of inclined to be a little hostile towards the movie. Mm. They still were not that hostile. They were like, "Eh, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, they were concerned about that as as a narrative function, but they still felt overall it was treated pretty well. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and and the one person was like, it doesn't matter anyway, because whether whether it's completely treated fairly or not, Japanese people, like in Japan, fucking love Wes Anderson. Like the yeah. current critic, I mean, it hasn't opened there yet, and the critics are like frothing at the mouth to see it. Like they're so excited because they think his movies are great. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he did a movie with Japanese stuff, there's no feeling <laughs> of he exploited us. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Like yeah. they're so stoked. Yeah, so I would agree. I think, I, th- I think in the end, it's not going to end up mattering one way or the other. I would agree. I would agree. But uh, I loved it. Totally on track. Fine movie. Going to see it a third time tomorrow, probably. Because mm-hmm. my wife has to see it. She gets home tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's all it. I got. That's all I got. I'm into that. Right. Go ahead, sir. All right. I just... On track, obviously, going around. So, we're in New York for the film festival. And movie opens next weekend. First feature. So, I'm, like, living the dream. Are, you, the are you, like, butterflies about it? Or are you just no. stoked? I'm going to yeah. say you appear very calm. Maybe it's because you're lying down on a bed. Yeah, <laughs> and I come hither, uh, <laughs> paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah. <laughs> to, to set the stage, y'all, we're, we're in a hotel room. We are, we are. We're in Chelsea. Uh-huh. Josh is in a chair. I am. Luke's I'm on the, on the floor. And Ryan is like, literally like, we were like, <laughs> lay on the bed in a way like you were about to make it a decent proposal. Yeah. Done and Which done. Which my wife uh, warned me via text after she left and they came in not to... Weinstein, you guys, right, to make right, sure right. that it's very above board, which I'm. I think I'm doing. But yeah, no, this, I, think I hadn't good. really thought about this. This is. Like, I mean, Liam's only taken off his shoes so far. Yeah. Other than that, we're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Just saying, just to air out the feet. Got to air out the dogs, son. Uh, taking off my shoes is not a sex move for me at all. <laughs> that's very much. That's very much. I'm setting the opposite vibe. The shoes sorry, come off, sorry, and everyone sorry. goes. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's cool. I actually was going to hit on you, but now that those shoes are off. Don't no, worry. So were you the guy like? There, did you guys ever have the one guy who would be like on tour or whatever? He'd stay with you, and then his fucking feet—it was the nastiest feet. I was not, you that guy. I'm so exaggerating that I, I'm not. I'm definitely not. But that you know guy. that guy. Yes. Oh yeah, we all know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, 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 oh, yes. for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, people don't love my feet, but <laughs> when I was when I was in a band and we went on tour, uh, the way I avoided that, which is so not cool now. I guess it probably wasn't cool then, but at the time I didn't know. I was a flip flop guy in the in the like oh, in order yeah. to avoid the foot sweat grossness. We're all stuck in this van together. I would just wear flip flops and. As much as flip flops are dorky, it just meant my feet weren't smelly. Yeah, and that's was all I wanted in life. Yeah, I would wear shoes. Thinking. I would wear shoes like when we would play because I didn't want to get stomped in the bare foot. Yeah. But to be fair though, there is a video of me moshing back when me without you was a hardcore band. Uh-huh. It's me moshing in flip flops because no one told me they were playing on campus that day, and I walk in and they were playing the one heavy song, and I was like, I guess I'm gonna mosh in flip flops. In flip flops, and so I definitely kung fu kicked a guy in the face. Just a full <laughs> spin kick. Flip no, flops. straight up in flip flops. flops flying all over the place. I kept them on. I don't know how. It's crazy. Your toe strength is incredible. I have very strong toes. Very yeah. strong toes. It's like Spider-Man with them shit. Yeah. It's true. Sorry. Um, Go on, Ryan. Yeah, no. So, yeah, this is like the best. I'm not. It's like because we like basically premiered at Fantasia uh, summer of last year. So it's been like a tour going to all these different festivals now. So. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's anything more like a lot of people have already seen it. It feels like so, but this is now the general audience. It's VOD and theaters and everything. And we made that's like April 6th. That's April 6th. We right. made like such a small, weird, you know, rad. My DP was always just calling it like the van movie. Like it was just all of us <laughs> getting the van and fucking go make a movie kind of thing. So I don't know. It's just cool to like that. It's gotten to this point. So that's, yeah. that's the big high point. For me, it's awesome. I mean, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Seriously, it's like really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know. I don't really have obviously any super negative stuff right now because <laughs> what the fuck's going well? Living that yeah. dream. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, fucking Trump, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, the, that's so the real world. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's two episodes in a. In, I feel like I'm at this point where everyone we should just be like, all right, first everyone's whack. The, yeah, the Trump. Era yeah. Trump's America, Dude, yeah, brutal, full times. Trump's America, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're gonna win. We're gonna fucking like oh put these motherfuckers yeah. against the wall. So I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were just. I you're like we're gonna win, and I'm like oh he's gonna say something about voting in people, which I'm all for. But it's so it's so on it. And then you're like we're gonna put him against the wall, and I'm like yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the situation require? That's definitely one of those. Like there will be fucking in the, the streets if that motherfucker dies. Like they oh, would just God, yes. people would just like it's like V Day. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean Trump's dead day. I mean T D day. I will say this is how I know. This is how I know Ryan keeps up with me. Is like when, every time I get on Twitter and I'm like. When are we going to put these ice motherfuckers in jail? Yeah. Ryan's like, yeah. Dink. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Ryan's Ooh. still out there. <laughs> um, I want to, we definitely, so on today's episode, we didn't say yet. On today's episode, right, we're talking right, about, right. since you're going to be in New York, and it's like a big deal. Here you are in New York with mm-hmm. your film. We were like, let's do some grimy New York movies. Now, you went straight to the fucking uh, King. Ferrara. The, no, 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 no. He went to the Mona Lisa. Yeah. He uh, went to the high quality. Actual beauty. Of yeah. New gritty New York movies, which is Mean Streets, Scorsese, right. um, and I didn't mean to get us off that. I was just like, okay, well, let's do two. We'll do Scorsese, and then we'll do I don't know. And you were like, what about Bad Lieutenant? And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I meant to say Bad Lieutenant or King of New York, and then that became we're just doing King of New York and Bad Lieutenant, right. which I kind of felt okay about because now we have something. If you're doing an episode of Mean Streets, it's yeah, just going to be all of us say? saying, yeah. it's really, it's good. great, it's really good, except for the ending. 
Yeah, well, that's <laughs> uh, but at least with King of New York, it sounds like we have different opinions. No, it was all, that's all, and it's it's actually grimy too. Like, yes. like Main Street's of its time, obviously, but yes. like you know, it's not fucking. I mean, Bad Lieutenant is some raw yeah, ass yeah, shit. So, well, and shit, I also man. think when I mean, eventually we're gonna have to talk about Scorsese, which we haven't. Yeah, really which done. we haven't yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll but I, there. but I think it's only our seventy ninth. To God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically. But the thing is, is like it's so much easier to jump into Ferrara, who I also love. Yeah. But it's not, you know, talk about Scorsese is like I don't know. It's like, People have done it. Yeah. It's just a lot, though. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So we're gonna get to that. But before that, I wanted to talk a little bit. I mean, so we talked a little bit about you know, you're in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to morning again shows and anti heroes and anti heroes and, and, right. okay. and <laughs> whatever fucking. Uh, what was that band? Foundation? Hey, no, no, no. Hate no, no. Replay like every day when they had that first, that second album. Yeah, whatever. Sure, the, sure, the album. Sure, 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 they were sure, like, sure. there all the time. And then so, everyone would open for them. I saw Harley Flanagan like have 12 different bands opening for them. Oh, of course. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bless. God bless Harley Flanagan. So talk about just, you know, getting from, you know, uh, someone in an experience similar to ours in Atlanta to here you are with your first film. Were you always a cinephile while you were doing all the music stuff? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And yeah. I was always like, I, I was never like into like band, you know, like playing music or anything like that. I was yeah. always like the, uh, I'll make your videos or that type oh, of wow. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Have so, you done that for bands? You've shot videos? For yeah. Them? not I, So a really good friend of mine, they, they had a tough guy, hardcore band. I'm, I'm infamous on, on, uh, on the internet. Um, their band's called Crime Scene, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's like a music video where they're just like driving around doing drive-bys on people. Oh, what? you did not! Oh my fucking god! You did not direct the Crime Scene video with yeah. the, all the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I watched that video so many times. I don't know what this video is. What it's because you're video? too old. You're too. Old. You're too old. It's so not cool. Crime Ryan, Scene. Crime Scene. Me. Crime Scene is a video when you're hanging out with a bunch of like. <laughs> People like maybe two to three years younger than me. Uh-huh. You're hanging out. You get to that time of the night where everyone is kind of worn out, and you're like, "Let's put YouTube on and watch a couple things." Crime scenes like your go to. Like, and they're just, like, "Yo, have you seen this?" Just after, <laughs> just after the broken side video, uh, right, or right, the right. or the wife beater video, someone goes, "What about crime scene?" And they put it on. And you're like, oh, "So, shit. Wait, what wait, is the video?" So it's it's they're like buddies, and like the main dude in that band is like he was like the head. Atlanta hardcore tough guy dude, right? Sure. Like he was just the guy. Um and he's a real good buddy of mine. Does Atlanta <clears throat> have crew affiliations? Yeah, but kind of jokey. Okay. Like we were all like uh Atlanta hate crew, AHC. Right, right. But right. it's just some nonsense. It's just right, like kind of right, making right. fun of crew shit. Right. Because <clears throat> because basically it wasn't big enough to where I mean, you're just fighting redneck Nazi dudes, so it's like what yeah. do you gotta all also At that be point, fighting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what's what's the difference? Um so yeah, so it's so they wanted me to just do a performance video. We shot a performance video. And then I was like, my big opus, I was like, yo, dude, have you guys seen it? <laughs> so it all just kind of came together really weird where it was like a buddy of mine had this like old like Scout International. So they're in a Scout International, which is weird anyways. Yeah. yeah. And then, they're, yeah, they're just driving around doing like drive-bys with like, I mean, it's like, you like know, fake, gun fake guns. Right. It's supposed to be real. Oh. Movie magic. <laughs> Movie thanks to the magic of film. Magic of cinema. Yeah, it's not but it's not real. You right, see, right, we're right. not actually killing people. 
But um, so that was my big thing. And they kept being like, don't, no, we don't want to fight. And so then they're half in, like, they're half into doing it anyways. And, yeah. so, and then it just made a ridiculous video thing. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it. Because it, it is fucking great. <laughs> well, and I like it now, now that I know that there's someone behind it who's like super stoked and then the band is like i don't know if this is gonna be that makes the video that much better yeah that's pretty well, awesome. I, it was it was a trust me guys this is gonna be great and now the, and they got clowned out of ever playing music again basically oh, God. <laughs> you ended their career you were, nice. good work when Matt, people well say done. music videos don't matter not. oh they do so did you go out to la to make film were you doing yeah school i went or what yeah i went to school to afi sure so not not a fire inside. No, different band. Absolute right. fucking imbecile. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> I love they changed their name. They're like, no, it, it always meant this. It's like, no, it didn't. Come on, man. You guys were a jokey fucking punk band initially. Yo, I lo- <laughs> honestly, Yo, I love open the- your eyes and, and that that era, that first era before they became the Misfits. That was my shit. I was into it. They used to play like New Jersey every other weekend with yeah. like all our friends. Yeah, I saw like them. That was like a. All, fucking incredible show! It was hot. It's the hottest I've ever been in my life. It was like yeah. summer in Atlanta in a shack yeah. with no fucking AC. It was like them and it was a Good Riddance or something like that. It was fucking yeah. fire. They were they were a good, good show, time, a good man. band. That th- like we walked in. I think this was more when they were getting into the Misfits era or whatever. We, me and my buddy walk in and he's like, you know, got like a psychobilly whatever sort of deal going, uh-huh. and. Davey Havoc's like sitting up front at the bar, like eating like this huge, greasy slice of watermelon. It was so weird. And he just like looks over. And he's like, are you psycho? <laughs> my, my friend was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> that is amazing. That's, wow. That's actually really brilliant. Good. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so you went. So, you, so yeah. yeah. yeah, went, yeah. To, went to L.A., drug my beautiful, lovely wife out there. Sure. Um, because she loves me. Um. <laughs> Went to AFI and then yeah met all the guys and girls that we made the movie together. We all went to AFI together. So. Oh, that's so great. you guys came were all like classmates. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Came out of school and you know we we're just like fuck. We're not getting anything going. Let's do it DIY. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was the hardest thing about getting it done? Well, it was crazy because the so the the script is really fucking bug nuts, but mm-hmm. it's I think it's the best version of like like. It ended up being we got to make a movie no one would have ever let us make. But, yeah, definitely not. You know, but initially the idea was <laughs> to send the script around and get money for it, and people were reading and like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This is fucking ridiculous." You know, right, so right, right. So it was cool in a sense of like, I feel like I got that out of my system. Got the movie that like, fuck, no one is gonna let me do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, it was like all buddies. We were all just kind of came together and just did it. So that was really cool and like. It's cool that like, and we all we're all still friends. We all still work on stuff together, and like you know, we came through the fire together, and then now we get to like do the thing together. Yeah, see yeah. it, see it get out there. It's really that's fucking awesome. cool. That, like, see, as it, it always seems like the financial thing is like the biggest part of making a movie, and that's always the hardest thing to do. Well, I think yeah, I've been like thinking about it a lot too lately. Like, <clears throat> there was like uh, so out of, out of school, my short film it's called Narco Corrido, my thesis film. Mm. Um, I won a student academy award with that. Wow! So I was like big ball. So you're already like doing the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're already on the crush mission. Yeah. Like you're doing. It. There we go. Yeah. Right. And you know, so and all that got the agent and all that type of shit off of that. Mm. But like, 
you know, but in my mind there, I was like, fuck, okay, I'm in the system now. I've made it kind of thing or whatever. Mm. And there is none of that really. Like, so it's just me going on meetings and doing all this bullshit or whatever for a couple of years. When then, then it was finally just like, fuck, how can we make a movie? So the initial idea of low life, it's like these little interconnected stories, right? Mm. Um, the initial idea was like doing a crime anthology film. And if we had to, we just shoot it nights and weekends as like little short films or whatever. And then we were writing it. We started overlapping and we were like, oh, this would actually be dope if this stuff all kind of came together or whatever. But it was like initially being like, okay, we need to hit this benchmark of whatever, 200 grand or whatever to make it. Didn't get anywhere near that. And we were just like, well, fuck it. How can we like you just start rewriting and fixing whatever you can do just to go make the fucking movie, you know? So it's, yeah. it really is to me. It's like it was a huge lesson of just being like the money does not matter because like you're never going to have enough anyways so mm. fuck it just figure it out the movie wow. really like walks a a really um fine line between very serious and very funny yeah like but, absurd yeah at times shit. it's like oh my god this is great and then other times it's very emotional and very affecting yeah was that something that you were trying to make happen or did that just sort of happen on its own like how did you get to the tone of this movie which is like just a, a an uh, alchemy of various yeah. elements and it's like a i think it was definitely from jump it was like man that's that would be exciting if like one minute you could literally have someone's head get smashed up and the next minute you're crying from like an emotional connection whatever right. you know and that was kind of the the test of it i think again another lesson from that was just like it, or i mean i don't think it's a bad thing but it's just been like people have a hard time explaining i have a hard time explaining what the fucking movie is or like what yeah the tone of it is it's like oh it's funny and it's sweet but it's like really 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 violent and bloody and gory and i don't know so it's it's interesting to me of like i kind of like that it can't be categorized really you know do you also think i i'm curious if you feel like the movie has a an underlying ideology at all like an underlying oh 100 sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no i mean it was like you know it was i mean talking about trump bullshit it was like um we shot it in uh 2016 um so like obviously it wasn't it was before he got elected, elected in or right. whatever but right. it, it felt like all that just nasty shit was in the fucking air you could kind of feel it kind of coming around and it was it, it it's got an ice agent character like kind of kicks the whole thing off or whatever and i initially i was like fuck i i didn't even know if like anyone would know what ice was but it was just that shit is so terrible <laughs> it was like yeah. you got to do something with that you know <clears throat> and make them just yeah the fucking villains of this shit but um but yeah i mean it, it definitely to me it was always like okay how can we talk about social issues that kind of thing without soapboxing and still making it entertaining but not like so entertaining that yeah, it's yeah. fucking fluff and it doesn't matter and you're not you're just making some fucking exploitation bullshit whatever you know i mean don't get me wrong i love me some exploitation bullshit Liam loves exploitation i bullshit. love it but well but there's some of that stuff even it has its own reason right right exactly that's what i was gonna say the best <clears throat> of it is stuff where um they might have been getting paid to make crap but they couldn't help but put real shit into it yeah like they weren't getting paid to make an art movie yeah but that's who they were that's the best to me that's the best exploitation right, right. um in in that sense with this film it, my response to it was being like um it combines so many th you know it's absurd it's touching in a very emotional way and it's fucked up 
and it's like, oh, if I was picking kinds of things I like to watch, yeah. that's basically the, you know, <laughs> I'm like, all right, this thing fucked me up. This thing made me cry a little bit. This thing made me laugh till I got a little, like, I hurt from laughing. And that's how I felt about this movie. So it really sort of worked for me. That's awesome. Because it was, it is like, um, you know, it's like not being afraid to be earnest, right? But then, and like, and have real emotion to it, which is like, I feel like a lot of times, so like, you know, irony or trying to have some kind of distance or whatever from it, like, is such a big part of, you know, especially indie films and, and genre stuff, you know? And then... It's weird, that whole... Sincerity is, like, so not cool right now. Yeah. Anywhere. Even in fucking hardcore, where... It used to be the exact opposite, right? Where like everyone yeah, was too popular. sincere, lecturing your ass for fucking twenty yeah. minutes, and you're like, "Play the fucking music." Yeah, it's like, no, I get it, man. You're really you care a lot about the Zapatistas, Todd. All right, I get it, Todd. Let's hear the song. And now it's like, I don't remember the last time I heard a sincere band in heavy music. Uh, in- I got two words for your ass. Yeah, limp wrist. Uh, sure. Yeah, but even but uh, but Most I'll say that. Well, Los Crudos is from back in the day. Yeah, but the, when they played recently, that was all talking. No, totally. But what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> Mr. I, think, I think that that trend in our world is representative of the larger trend, which is like sincerity is kind of lame. Yeah. Well, but it does feel like, I don't know, the kids these days, but it does feel <laughs> like younger kids, there is also still like, there will be some super sincere kids that it's like, like they're fine with. Like I, I, irony online isn't as big of a thing now, sure, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It's like it's part of part and parcel to it. It just feels like definitely in the world of indie movie stuff, like it is what you're talking about. It's like it either has to be a sincere, touching thing, or it has right, to be this other right. thing, or you know, and like never the Twain Show meet kind of thing. And it was like, well, I guess, fuck, can you actually do that? And that'd be cool to do that. You know? I guess that's the thing is the things that are sincere also feel corny to me. Yeah, and what I like well, about. Yeah. Your movie is that I is that it made me feel sincere emotions while doing a bunch of other shit. Well, Some of the stuff that is sincere is manipulate. I don't want to be manipulated yeah, either. Yeah, I don't right, want right. someone to be like these are the notes to play to really fuck up your emotions and like, play the music <laughs> and all that shit. But it is yeah, it's like t- and it, and it always in the back of my mind was like if you go as far as parts of the movie go, like yeah, how gnarly yeah. it gets and stuff. It was like you can't end it without there being some kind of light in it because I didn't want it to be like, we're not just, you know, to me, it's like, especially the main characters are all like people of color, not my, you know, experience or whatever, obviously. So it was like, it was like also not wanting to just wallow in like, Oh, look how fucking terrible it is for all this shit or whatever. It was like that there is some community and hope and a way to fight back from to all this bullshit, you know? Well, that was the question I was going to ask you is like, was that, that idea that you have a cast that is mostly people of color. Yeah. You've got one white guy who's the villain. Right. And you've got one white guy who literally has a Swazi tattooed on his face. Right. No spoiler, it's in the trailer, so right. don't get upset with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, we were always going back and forth. I was like, put it in the fucking trailer. Who gives a shit, man? Get asses in seats. So Swazikas like, are in right now. I, 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 already, I already is in. Swazikas are in. It's <laughs> Trump. Yeah. But I just think, like, it's, it's that alone, that not centering a white character is... A gutsy decision. I feel like even a progressive today. act. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not even like sometimes you might be doing it just for no reason at all. But yeah. I just uh, coming to that place, like making that decision. What? Why? You know it what was, I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, it was like 
to me, it was a big thing moving to L.A. Like, um, and you know, making like an L.A. movie. And like, again, I'm not bagging on Tarantino. I love fucking Tarantino. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like L.A. crime films always felt like is a white whatever the fuck right all that shit and it's like yo have you been to la what the fuck like you know like yeah, not so much it's not yeah it's like have a have a diverse thing was always like you know really cool to me and yeah it's, it's again it's trying to say something without saying it like just put them front and center it's not really about that but it's all about that you know right so yeah well i mean we could talk about this for a while, especially if Josh had seen it. We, I would get it. I, I don't. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely no, it's, digging it's, this conversation though. But it's kind of helpful that you haven't seen it because yeah. it keeps me from. We have a real bad habit of spoiling things. Now we, do. we don't care. We, do. we don't. Uh, let me say, if you're listening to this podcast, we don't care about spoilers. If you're thinking, I, I, I don't. If either. you think, if you're, if you're thinking, we're not going to spoil King of New York and Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, get fucked because we're definitely going to spoil it. But see, that's the thing. We spoil movies from like 20 years ago. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So spoil a movie now. To me, I, I. It, that's a pet peeve of mine is the everyone like being right, spoiler phobic right. shit. And it's just like some of it. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's like, you know, don't tell people like if when seven comes out, it's like you want to know the ending. You want to just preserve at okay. the same time. But, yeah. but like execution is a lot different from, you know, right. what the thing is. Well, and still... I think some people get upset about spoilers that are just average plot points. Yeah. yeah. And then, so for example, uh, a thing that was actually a spoiler which was hilarious because it was supposed to be a joke, was when Lewis from Jesus Peace, Jesus uh-huh. Peace's current hardcore band, he tweeted out that Han Solo died. In, <laughs> and he was kidding. He didn't think that was going to be true. He just was like, oh, saw so in advance of Star Wars, Han Solo dies. And then Han Solo actually dies. So all these people were really mad that he spoiled it. And he was like, I can't spoil it. I didn't see the movie, you know, but <laughs> it was still really funny. Um, but that's an actual spoiler because it's like, it makes sense, point, you yeah. know, whatever. But someone being like, "Oh, and then this thing happens in the movie." That in of the knowing a part of the plot shouldn't spoil your experience of yeah, the movie. No, I not. think that happens because people. This is my pet peeve, but let me just do a little bit on it. People are too narratively focused now as movie fans mm. that the point of a movie is to tell a good story, but that's not true. The point of a story of a short story or a book is to tell a good story. A film is not just the story because you could actually have an amazingly written story and have a shitty movie mm-hmm, right. because the movie is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot. There's a lot of movies recently, I feel like, that have no visual language at all. Mm-hmm. Now, I love a good story. I'll watch a movie with a good story. But it's like people all the time I'll talk to someone about movies. They never bring up what the film looks like, what how the sound works, yeah. how the editing is, how the, the soundtrack the experience is. Of it, yeah. All they care about is the story and maybe if they liked the characters. And I'm like, well, and is that that important? What's so? But even to that, it's like what's so cool with movies is a lot of that stuff works subliminally anyways, right? right. And it's like stuff where – and that's – I'm always, you know, and creatively talking about stuff like with the team or whatever and we're going back and forth on shit like – you know, people will be like, "Oh, does it matter that whatever?" Like, we 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 don't have a blue shirt; we have a red shirt. Whatever it is, you know, and it, and you're just like, "No, it does," because even if people can't put their finger on it, something's different or it's right, affecting right. them. And it's how you build. But I agree; it's definitely how you build that experience out. And like, even if people don't know how to talk about it, I it does feel like, um, <clears throat> yeah, they're moving away from like digging into the criticism of like how they feel or how they're, you know, what, what right. moved them about it and more of like, eh, you know, part of it too is just like, 
uh, popcorn movies like rule all. So it's like yeah. it is a fucking ride that you you know they're like man like you were talking about Ready Player One or whatever. It's like there's this one cool scene in it. <laughs> you know, it's just like I feel bad. It, that is actually one of the places where I haven't talked about it. Not because I think of spoilers the way people usually mean, but because I didn't know it was going to happen. And it was such a joy when it happened mm. that I haven't said anything. Was about it Pac Man walked out? I'm, no. I'm going to try and do the joke. Like Pac Man dies. No, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Well, so in the in the, in the book, it's so dumb. In the, in the book, in order to win parts of the game, my man just has to move in. So like, you find yourself as part of a movie, and you have to do the role in the. It's like the way to appreciate, for example, Breakfast Club is to know every line of one of the characters. And oh, then in God the game, in the book, you are that character. So you have to know every line exactly right in order to win. Yeah. The movie doesn't fucking do that. And that alone makes it better than the book. Right. But there is a part where they are involved in a movie. And the choice of the movie and the way they did it was so not what I expected that it like went took me from bad mood to good mood in that one scene. Huh. Leading huh. up to that, I was like, well, you know. There's so much setup, and they're like, "How should we set this up? Oh, let's just have the main character do like a bunch of like narrative, just like talk, just have him <laughs> over talk like every scene. That'd be amazing." And I'm just sitting there going, "How oh, is this still happening? God, I'm gonna die." Um, anyways, hey, let's talk about two movies. One of which apparently we all love, and one of which we have heat on. That is Bad Lieutenant and The King of New York. Right. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay. Shut up! 
my my Southern California punk claim to fame is the brunch spot that only me and my wife know about that no one goes to. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah there's, always, there's only two people there. Yeah. It's you and your wife. It's me and my wife. And and Keith Morris. He'll just walk oh, in of course. and go sit at the bar by himself with a paper. And we've... I never want to bother him, but we'll we'll meet eyes every time he comes in and give yeah. the, the nod. Like, I know, motherfucker. Does he still, <laughs> does he still have dreads? White yeah. man dreads like Jesus a motherfucker. Christ. Long as fuck. WMDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a big... WMDs. I'm not a big... I'm not a big off fan. It's not really, like, my thing, per se. No, Circle Jerks was the, was the shit when I was a kid, yeah. though. I, I, I will say, though, like, at the one punk rock bowling when they did, like, the Black Flag thing. Yeah. And... Keith was actually pretty good, and then they had fucking Dez come out, and oh, Dez wow. did a few of the songs that he Jealous was on. Again and all that. Fucking sick! Like oh, Dez is so funny because he looks he's like such my an old favorite man, singer yeah. for Black and he's just I like, "All right, I'm yeah, Dez. Here's some songs." And then he starts doing the vocals. He sounds now as an old man exactly like he did on the record. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. He has no energy live though. He's just like, "I'm the guy." No, he's like, "You're lucky I'm here." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the funny thing is, the first time I saw the Circle Jerks. Uh, Hannibal Buress opened. Oh, really? Yeah. It was oh, like yeah. the weirdest show. It was yeah, at the yeah, Starland yeah, Ballroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> Keith Morris was like, You guys want to know my friend? And he pulled out Hannibal Buress. <laughs> and this is during Hannibal Bur- Buress's uh, I Kick Pigeons era yeah. joke. I kicked the shit out of pig- uh, Pigeon. Yeah. Did he <laughs> make fun of his dreads? No, he did not. Oh, okay. No dread mentioned. That's a shame. Just saying. Just Real saying. missed opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of business in that one. <laughs> I guess we should start the episode or okay. start this. All right. <laughs> So we're back, and we. I'll go- just leave all that other stuff in though. It was gold. It was good. We're, we're good conversationalists. I think you can agree, right? Yeah, right? Like, yeah that's definitely. kind of our strength. Um, don't don't get down to yourselves. I'm yeah, just no, saying, not at all. You know, we we might not be the most astute film students or the best musicians, but we are good talkers. Well, we're definitely not the best musicians because I am not a musician. Right, right. That's right. really that's just also you. true. Also true. And I'm definitely you. not the best musician. That's for sure. <laughs> so, but. Um, so we're going to be talking about two Abel Ferrara movies. Do we want to do we want to go in chronological order, or well, do we want to start, start with, with the one we all Why like? Why did you pick this movie? These movies. I uh, what is your relationship them. to New York, Ryan? Well, um, being from the streets of Atlanta, Hot Atlanta. Did you guys call it that? No, back then? that you can't. Oh. You're not allowed to. I don't know. Yeah. I'm asking. A town. The A. Hey. AT Aliens. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, yeah, I okay. feel like I'll do all the things I know. Yeah, like uh, AT Aliens, <laughs> Killer Mike, uh, uh, NRA, Guns. Yeah. Right. Killer yes. Mike's dumbass. Oh, fucking. So weird. That, now he's doing gun commercials. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I, I have really no connection to New York beyond watching all the movies, listening to all the have hardcore you been here shit. Or what? Yeah, like, it's funny. I've been here probably about 10 years, but. Uh, my wife and I worked for like a company that we were traveling, and we got to live in New York for like several months, uh, two years in a row, and then and then several months in LA, two years in a row, and that was kind of our first time being in both spots. So like yeah. we we found where we liked and all that sort of shit. And when did we moved find, out to LA, did you we find thought, that your movie experience had informed your experience in New York? Like, did you did you think of these Abel Ferrer movies when you were here? Uh yeah well it's like I was getting ready and that, what, I was talking to you when you guys first got here it's more of like I was trying to you know get in the mindset of like we're gonna go to New York and obviously everyone's complaining all the time because they're just like it's not it's Disneyfied whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck but it's like a nobody wants that crazy ass shit anymore right, they right, couldn't right. handle that it was grimy yeah like yeah. hell no dude you don't want fucking Harvey Keitel pulling you over and he's gonna rape you if you don't because <laughs> you <laughs> right <laughs> like they couldn't handle that. <sighs> And yeah, I was trying to like listen to 
like, where's that grimy crown of thorns shit? Yeah. Right? There's really no, like, I was having a hard time. I was like, okay, let me do grimy New York rap. So I just had, like, a the playlist sure. yeah. coming up on the plane. But I couldn't really think of any, like, Josh, what is your, if you're thinking of, if you're like, if you're like, I'm going to listen to some New York hip hop to get hyped. Tribe. That's not, period. That's not grimy, It's though. Queens, but no, that is, <sighs> for me, that is the essence. See, I lived here when I was in college. I lived okay. in North Jersey, so I was here a lot. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I saw a bunch of hip-hop shows back but then. But Tribe, though? Yeah. That's crazy. Tribe is my shit, dog. I mean, no, they're good, not, but... No, 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 yeah. no. Low-end theory is a fucking masterpiece. Oh, you want to know But what, it's not like a the... New York... I, I, you, I, I feel like you can listen... To, uh, the beats are very New York. Okay, but content-wise, partly because oh. Q-tip is so, so abstract. What is, so you're asking me what like the, the <laughs> hip-hop grime that I am? Down yeah, something that's like, all right, fucking, fucking New York gangstar, dude. A long but that's way to not go. New York. That's L.A. Gangstar's from New York, dog. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, the shit. I don't even know. DJ Premier and shit. Yeah, and boot camp. I love. Oh, no, see, that's what I was gonna say. I was boot camp. Smith is, and Wesson, OGC, yeah, yeah. Delta yeah, yeah, Skelta, yeah. like all that shit. If I were to like, Black Moon. In I was my mind, Mob Deep coming. That's what Mob I was, Deep was to. also from here, later yeah. stuff though, like yeah. a little bit later than you were talking about. Like I was, the, your your early Jay Zs, yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your biggies, hard to earn like that. Or yeah. well, no, that was Gangster. What was the uh, that first Jay Z record? That shit was awesome. Reasonable Biggie, doubt. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that yeah, shit's yeah, good. yeah. That was Nas. good stuff. Nas, yeah, good Nas shit. On. Nas is the shit. But yeah, no Gangstar though. I I saw Gangstar only exactly one time, and I went by myself. It was the most terrifying night of my life. It. It was at the limelight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like 19 years old, yeah. and I had an unbroken shirt on. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, we're just going to do this. Yeah. And I went by myself, and I def- it, was, it was Gangstar, M.O.P., and Afura, the life source. So yeah. it was the, oh. first time, the first time I saw a gun, first time I saw triple fat goose jackets, and it was like 120 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And I'd never For seen For reasons. What you know what? Terrifying. Like were, you, were you ever stoked on uh, DOS Effects? Uh, to to quote the beat nuts, that tiggity tiggity shit don't impress me. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, no, I I loved Gangstar though. That was like my favorite favorite shit. And I just remember going to the show by myself and just being like, "All right, whatever happens, happens." And they didn't go until two in the morning. And like, dude, then when they finished, the trains had stopped running back to Jersey. So I was just like, I guess I'm just gonna wander around New York City by myself. <laughs> what could go wrong? A suburban night at four in the morning I had nothing to do. In New York City, <laughs> and I did that shit, but it was it was crazy because like he sure. came out and the guru was like four feet tall, and Premiere was on. Dude, it was like one of those shows where I was like losing my goddamn mind. That was one of my favorites. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're saying you couldn't think of any grimy New York hardcore to listen to? Yeah, no. Oh, it's man. not. It doesn't right feel. Da- it doesn't feel dangerous. Really? I would say killing killing time. Killing time yeah. Chromags. Oh. Chromags. Out, outburst. Is scary. Uh, but it's just like you know whatever it's like all those but, DMS uh, things are like they're burn it's like fine but it doesn't oh man no I get it I get it yeah it's you a, think so what's well, a moment in time yeah that's true that's the thing we're moving on yeah you know I would I mean? just put on honestly I just put on um, Agnostic Front Victim in Pain oh, man, yeah Victim so in Pain's the shit dude. <sighs> I, I listened to that, that recently I hadn't listened to it in a while like that's an actual like good album yeah. not like you know they just would be but like they actually made an yeah. album, you're like, yeah. damn, this is fire, dude. I I think uh, I actually think right now, Victim in Pain is the most underrated hardcore album. Hardcore album because like young kids, they don't well, they go past the certain point, and they clown on all that era too. Yeah, they just don't care about that 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 you know early to mid '80s stuff. Oh, 
it doesn't shit. click. Whereas people are real still stoked on Breakdown. Yeah. Breakdown still clicks with people for some or reason. Or like youth crew shit is all. Yeah. Everyone still likes love that, that shit. Let's I, not, I love it too. Let's yeah. not get into the. Yeah, let's yeah. not get because into the subtle no one wants to hear me talk <laughs> yet again about how Ray Capo is the most overrated vocalist in hardcore history. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, he's he's a rough one. <laughs> Josh hates it when I say this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's. Why don't we start with the. Well, even though it's chronologically out of order. Right. Let's start with the movie we all agree on. Which bad is lieutenant. Bad lieutenant. So, just so the audience knows, you know, we're going to talk about. Ryan wanted to talk about New York films, which makes sense. We're in New York. We're doing this thing, whatever. Uh, we skipped over Mean Streets and ended up talking about Abel Ferrara. We thought we were going to talk about Mean Streets though, because I watched it. But then we got greasier. Yeah, we were like, yeah, yeah. let's we go got, greasier. Like, Yo, we can go deeper than this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, like we're true punks, so we got to like, yeah. talk about some real <laughs> shit. Let's go to you know the, the real fucked up, not this mainstream bullshit. I mean, mean streets. I mean, uh, Abel Ferrara. That's for real. If you go Driller Killer, there's definitely a punk show in Driller Killer that yeah. feels legit. That's yeah. not like a put on. Yeah. Um, Driller Killer, by the way, clearly a movie about impotence. If you don't understand that, then then you don't <laughs> understand how movies work. Uh, <laughs> Driller, or subtext. Driller Killer definitely about impotence. Yeah. Anyways, or, or text. Yeah, but uh, I think Bad, Lu- name. Bad Lieutenant Bad Lieutenant is really the movie that took Abel Ferrara from a mid-level exploitation director mm-hmm. into the art world. Yeah. Like, King of New York, people saw it. Uh, people saw China Girl, some of his other movies, like they had pull. But Bad Lieutenant, even though in some ways it's kind of his most fucked up movie, it pushed him into this whole other realm of like art director. Because it's a character piece. It's like, yeah. it's of that world. It's not like, yeah, it's not just trying to like string, you know, two fucking scenes together to yeah. make a movie kind yeah. of thing. It's like, like the way like Miss 45 is where you're trying to build this character up and yeah. like explain why this is more of a character study of Harvey Keitel's character. Yeah, and I love, like, I, I hadn't watched it in a while and I love the fact that like, you jump in so far. He's already so deep yeah. into the shit, and right. you, and it's so fun to watch it. And you're piecing it together as he's just yeah. smoking crack and driving just around. And you're along. like, wait, yeah. what the fuck is going on? You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's man. a very frenetic movie in that sense. Yeah, would you say like it definitely has like this very kinetic feeling. One hundred percent, and like, it feels like I was talking to somebody recently about. I mean, not to constantly be talking about Scorsese stuff, but like, like. Taxi Driver, I was on another podcast yeah. um, talking about Taxi Driver, and um, that this feels of that where it's like like that was off the rails because it was so cheap and they had yeah. to actually just fucking drive around New York and just shoot stuff that they could pick up or whatever, you know? It yeah. wasn't like a thing where they were... Like, right. Especially Scorsese just wants to make like Hollywood movies in New York, you know, where it's like big right. sweeping dolly moves or whatever the fuck. And he couldn't do that on a taxi driver, and that's why that that movie feels raw as fuck. And yeah. this feels like that, where you're just driving around. You know, there's there's some stage stuff, or, but for the most part, it just feels like you're just catching shit it, that this dude's doing. It feels to me too that this is his first film where um, the integrity of the story he wants to tell and the mm-hmm. message he wants to get across is more important than being entertaining. Yeah, like I think both of these movies are actually. Very, I mean, 
Abel Ferrara is a fucking Catholic, and mm-hmm. he it wants to tell you a Catholic story. He's a New York Catholic, yeah, and, which and, is and, just on <laughs> some New York shit. And well, what he might not be is a devout Catholic, right? And he's, in other words, he's he's a he's dealing with all this Catholic stuff, much the way Scorsese is. Scorsese yeah. is also very Catholic, yeah. but too Catholic? Question mark? Uh, <laughs> I, possibly, but Ferrara, I think, is working through some shit. And Bad Lieutenant is the first movie where he is no longer primarily concerned with your enjoyment. Right, right. He's telling this story, and if parts of it are off-kilter, or if parts of it don't titillate you the way, whatever. Whereas King of New York is trying to be, again, it feels like it's a Catholic to be, movie, but it's trying yeah. to be an action movie. It's trying to, trying be, to be a be certain that gangster thing. Movie. Like, uh, a... But, but Bad Lieutenant's like, oh, is this... <laughs> Is this not entertaining for you? I don't fucking care, well, man. Like this is what happens in the movie. Exactly. And that even like like um King of New York, that was my beef with it. Like I hadn't seen it in a while either, but like like it it did nothing felt real about that. That was so fucking fake. Like mm. it felt like a goddamn Steven Seagal movie, like action <laughs> movie, like like a chick in a fucking mini skirt with a short dog Uzi fucking in a fight with Chinatown gang. Like, what in the fuck is going on? But this movie is it's actually... Fucking I fucking fun. hate everything you're saying right now. But I was putting my, It's so funny. I just put my microphone down to put my sweatshirt on, and then you went on this thing, and I'm like, God damn it, I gotta get this thing We'll get into that. Let's focus, let's focus on the good things right what now. What you were saying, yeah, man, like, with, that's so true, is, like, with, with um, Bad Lieutenant, is, like, it feels, like, full verisimilitude, so fucking real, and you're just, like... It's so gnarly, and it's it's making you watch it, yeah. Like, and it doesn't care if you aren't happy with what yeah. it's doing or not. And it really is going out on the ledge and just being like, no judgments made on this guy. We're just going to put it there. I mean, there's a judgment made in the subject matter, obviously. Like, yeah. we're going to be doing this, and it's called Bad Lieutenant, yeah. so obviously there's some judgment. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, let's let's just fucking follow this guy. We're not going to have any commentary on it, whatever the fuck. There's not going to be crazy ass lighting on, you know, like no telling you that shots. this, yeah, this yeah. is like they're in a fucking massage parlor or whatever bullshit. Like it feels real, you yeah. know. Harvey Keitel is so amazing. This movie. Yeah, I and, love Harvey Keitel, and I watched because I thought well, it's we were funny. Gonna... Yeah, with Mean Streets, like yeah. this, this is a companion piece of Mean Streets is right. funny. Of like, if that's that's his character growing up now, and he became a cop, and he's just a fucking sleazebag. Yeah, is, is in my mind. Right, that's the no. Mean Streets dude. <laughs> that's the bridge. That's the bridge right there. Yeah, he's but, he's left the family, and now he's in another family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he yeah, definitely yeah. doesn't die at the end of Mean Streets. Because what the fuck happens to him in Mean Streets? He could just walk away. Yeah, yeah. you have no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, so I think. Having watched Mean Streets is a fair thing because, again, these are two very New York Catholic storytellers. But what Farrar is doing in Bad Lieutenant that I don't think Scorsese ever really gets to is get to the meat of this thing. And and I think it's partly because Ferrara is was himself uh, a drug addict. Mm. Um, Came from a more like downtrodden spot than yeah, Scorsese. Yeah, I mean, just did. a rough... Well, Scorsese was an uppers drug addict. He right. was a cokehead for a while, right? Right. right. Whereas and your boy's doing needle shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean the the that's scary his, drugs. That, that's his co-writer, the woman who's getting high with Harvey Keitel. Yeah, and I swear is actually doing heroin in yeah, that scene. There's one. That's his co-writer and girlfriend. Whoa, in, that's Abel Ferrara. Yeah, and the, apparently that was her line. The line she delivers is her creation of the um. Vampires have it easy because they can feed on other people. We we have to eat ourselves. Yeah. You know, we eat ourselves to come. We eat ourselves to live. You know, and so that whole, which 
at first, when she's going on, you're like, this is some drug rambling. Yeah. yeah. And then when you think about it in the context of the movie, it's like, fuck. Because the thing is, is that all the pain he causes, and he does, he hurts people for fun. He hurts people everywhere. He's hurting people. It's all about himself. It's all about his self-hatred. Like, that he's in a sense abusing himself as he abuses the world around him. And I think part of the central question of bad Lieutenant is there's two things going on. One is this idea of like, um, why isn't, why do we think of sin primarily as something you're doing to other people and not about like the ways he's damaging himself. Now, granted, what he does, these people is terrible. So he's really trying to push that. Like this is the worst. I mean, he what what part of what's so amazing about the verisimilitude of Bad Lieutenant is it's also fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. my man is the worst degenerate yeah. he can possibly <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. No open faced. Like yeah. no hiding any anything. He's but doing he's, bumps in front of the fucking oh, school yeah. and shit. <laughs> but he's also so utterly joyless. Like the, like again, uh, Frank White enjoys being evil. Like Frank White yeah. enjoys what he's doing, and part of the mystery of that film is what Farrar actually thinks about that. With this movie, Harvey Keitel, no matter how much he hurts other people, it's about how much he hates himself. Yeah, definitely. And, and that, dragging and that, dragging everyone down with him, right? And that's what makes the possible redemption story of this movie, which it is so fucking Catholic in that way. Yeah, that yeah. It's like whatever. That's what makes it even more painful because it's like. Is it even possible? Can he yeah, even yeah. be anything different? And the fact that the best he could do is get high with some dudes and then let them leave on a bus yeah. instead of murdering them. <laughs> yeah. That's the best he could do. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I actually think it's a, uh, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting human question. I think it might be too grimy for anyone to engage it. The people who love this movie aren't people who are often thinking very much about redemption in a theological sense. Right, right. But the, what, the like thing, it turns off any theologians that are going to possibly well, watch it. <laughs> not the people I love, but I'm sure it does most people. There are a couple people. theologians out there yeah. that are, let's say it, lame. My, my wild theologians out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, don't be wrong. Like if you're reading some uh, Marcia Althaus Reed where she's writing about Marquis de Sade and the, the-, the theology of the of the. Of the anus, yeah, like literally, <laughs> no, like she has a whole she has a whole section about Marquis de Sade and and wow, uh, anal sex is a form of communion. Um, but that being said, unless you're reading something like that, you're not going to get there. But I think what Ferrara points out is that um, you don't have to believe in anything to be Catholic. Like I think what he often does in a lot of these stories is point to the ways that our world is structured in ideas of like everyone talks about redemption, punishment sacrifice these are all very the ways that we talk about them are very catholic ideas even if we don't believe in anything in particular yeah. i don't know that ferrara at any point is actually into god at all yeah. but he can't help being catholic you know being catholic isn't well, and, necessarily about what you up believe in that world yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your experience and so this movie doesn't that moment with jesus mm-hmm. in this movie is so powerful because it doesn't you don't actually believe that jesus is there it's right. not about jesus being there at all it's about what he's dealing with what and what he's, he's feeling yeah, yeah, and, yeah and in some ways the ways that catholicism has helped him get to this point in what ways is who he is empowered by that and this whole world is empowered by that well and even to what you're saying too it's like i mean specifically obviously the nun um right. who's raped and right. he, he talks to her and he's trying to get her to turn the the guys over initially kind of half-heartedly but even what she's saying goes along with that of it being like you know like 
if the idea is to forgive, then that's what we are supposed to do. But how can you forgive something that, that is that horrible? Right. And that's a really cool way to take. Yeah. It's like, it's like, could he do anything worse that I guess they could legally show or whatever, you know, like, and trying to take him to the bottom where is he even allowed to, is he even allowed redemption? Does he even earn it? You know? Yeah, it's it's not clear. If we're all supposed to have it, it's yeah. like, does Hitler get redemption? I don't fucking think so, you know? Right. But also, I guess, like, dogmatically, if he's, yeah. like, right by the end, like, oh, sorry for my sins, then does he's in count? heaven? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't even know if Ferrari even cares in this movie, the ultimately, but it's just the idea of, like, can this guy be human? I mean, he is a human, so can we let him be a human it's hard because he's so awful. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, it, it's, it's still human shit that he's going after. So it's like yeah. him actually, yeah. Like the drugs and the sex and whatever kind of stuff. It's like him doing all that. <coughs> it disgusts you, but also that's just supposed to, you know, it's just him being himself. Kind right. Of I don't know. It's interesting. I, uh, I love, uh, Kaitel's performance in this. Yeah. Um, but I also, I love, he, he gets in the, uh, the Kaitel whimper is my favorite like that. And, uh, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs, like he just the tears Kytel that shit whimper. up. <laughs> oh yeah. He no, finds a place to work it in. <laughs> but, um, but I feel like the whole, I mean, we spend a lot of time with him. A lot of the movie is just him, but there's no, like, uh, the rest of the film works as well. You know what I mean? Like the other characters are, yeah. are, are putting in time. The, the character who I actually think has the toughest thing besides him is the nun. Like mm-hmm. what an un like nothing about this nun is believable. Like mm. and yet it works. Like there's because she's the most extreme again, she's the version of good that someone yeah. who does mostly bad thinks being good is like. Right. She's yeah. not what good people are actually like, which right, is like right, right. normal people who just Tend towards being more kind. You know I mean? She's this exaggerated, ridiculous idea of good. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Like, I mean, I guess it kind of came maybe around that time, or maybe this yeah. was a little bit after. But like, I mean, this is a a little bit of a of a digression. But um, it, she specifically reminded me of like Frank. You read comics like Frank Miller's Daredevil yeah. stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. his idea of what nuns and daredevil like his mother yeah. or whatever character like it does feel so like false against you know yeah. like the reality of this world and and that that's but that is exciting it's like can those yeah. two kind of exist in a movie you know those two characters this is a movie like this this raw and different i don't know it's that that i buy it more than it if it was just like you know if we're watching like a kitchen sink drama with a nun and it's like a yeah. real nun you're just like well like that's they, yeah it's definitely a different movie than what he's even going for because that's his sensibility is still trying to do like kind of like uh movie kind of false movie stuff like hollywood sort of like he wants to sexy it up still a little bit yeah. i feel like and yeah. have like characters that are almost like um I mean, caricatures of like what those characters was to represent. And then yeah. this real, like just messy ass dude is like in the middle of all that stuff. Cause even like the junkies, the, you know, like they, they do feel like, you know, like movie casting versions of 
a junkie or a nun or whatever. That's a yeah. yeah. That's a cool idea. Well, the I. I actually, my other favorite character is the the drug dealer guy he works with when he goes to his house. Yeah, he's so sweet. He's so nice, and his mom like, is there. Helping his mom out, yeah. and his mom like gives Harvey something before she before he leaves, and like some crack crack yeah. rocks. Yeah, are they vials of crack? She gives him uh, the mom. No, what does she give him? I think they're the little vials because then is he opens right? one up later for with the two guys at the end. Yeah, little like I think blue it's tops, like little crack vials. Yeah, oh. yeah. She's so sweet to him. She is sweet. And they they want to get him some food. They're like, you need to eat, dude. (laughs) You look fucked up. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I like he's even when when he first meets him and he's like bringing him the, you know, evidence, drugs or whatever. And he's like, like trying to tell him to like calm down and like not do so much or whatever. Like he's concerned for him is hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) What does he say? He says, yeah, he's like, oh, that shit's going to kill you. And he's like, are you my drug dealer or my mom? (laughs) Yeah. This shit's gonna kill you, man. Um, man, it's harder to. It, it, it's funny when we're all just agreeing about how great it is. Yeah, it feels weird to to try because everybody's thinking the same thing. But moving on. Oh, wait, wait, you want to get into it? Let's do it. All right, King of New York. King of New York, not my favorite. Uh, why don't you guys talk about your experience of watching King of New York? Uh, I hadn't seen it in like a long, long time. So on rewatch, I was like, man, this tastes a lot worse than I remember it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't really, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of gangster movies in general. So, uh, but I really do like Christopher Walken. Wait, have you not seen a lot of gangster movies? No. Whoa. I'm like a gangster movie aficionado. That's yeah, thing, I've though. watched and so many. This shit is corny as fuck. Oh and my God, I hate you so much. Christopher Walken, <laughs> who, I, who I love, but he's still, he's Christopher Walken, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's, he's, he'll be Christopher Walken in every movie. Yeah, yeah. And, so. he, and that's a type. That's like a yeah. Bogart, whatever. It's like he's, mm-hmm. he's Christopher Walken in it, which I'm fine with. But it's, it's weird to just pick Christopher Walken as the head of like a black gang. Yeah, in the, the Wesley Snipes and... Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, it's like, um, uh, fuck. What's the Wesley Snipes gangster movie where he's got the New Jack City? New Jack City. Right. It's like that. They want the gang to be that, but then Chris Walken's in a weird suit with a with his fucking like mm. hair and like yeah, trying yeah, to have yeah. like a high top fade, mm. like Chris Walken haircut, dancing to like old like doing oldies dancing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they're all like, yeah, what it. what up, G? Yeah, they've got like fucking boom boxes on their fucking shoulder yeah. and shit. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. the weirdest. Like, it's like it's a, just a strange. It's a strange disconnect. And and it sets the setup just makes the rest of it seem weird to me, yeah. like insincere at the very least. Yeah, right? it it really is. And I to me, it's an I some and you know Ferreira knows that world or something yeah. of that world, but it feels like uh like yeah like a Hollywood writer's version of like okay here's okay. some gangbangers in yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. New York and here's what they're and his rise to it's like a really. Which I'm not a huge Scarface fan, but it's like it, it's like a knockoff of a shitty Scarface knockoff. It's so <laughs> twice removed. Bad, yeah. And I love, yeah, I love all all. I mean, it's got huge names in it. Yeah, like a tat. You know, it's like yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne's good. At, he's awesome in it. Yeah. You know? Um, Steve Buscemi's in it for like one scene, and then he goes away for some reason. Like, where, where did he go? But was he part <laughs> of their gang? But then he wasn't. And That's actually a good question about Steve Buscemi's character. I didn't. I. I don't. You know love this movie though, right? Yeah. I fucking love it. Wow. <laughs> oh man, That's oh, such a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is it about it that you love? Okay, so 
Um, let me get into a few things about it. One, I think that uh, I like the... So Christopher Walken's character is written as and portrayed as completely ambiguous as to like what he's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Because I think he is both legitimately evil okay, and legitimately compassionate. And that, in fact, each of the people he murders... So the, the whole story... For those of you who haven't seen it, because this movie is not... I think for people our age, a lot of people saw it. Yeah, like it came out for sure. in 89, uh-huh. and it had a lot of people in it who would become famous. Yeah, and right. I saw it I saw it a ton when yeah. I was a teenager. I haven't seen it like probably in 20 years. It was on rotation. I would watch this, Fatal Beauty, Batman. Deep Cover, Deep Cover, uh, yeah. New Jack City, we said. Yeah. Just a bunch of these sort of like neo-noir gangster yeah. flicks. But they're like a, they're, they were all Colors still... Colors another one. Yeah, they were kind of like a step down they weren't like the prestige ones right but they were like the ones yeah. you watched all the time yeah, yeah like, like the, on and shit yeah you but, watched just because it was on the tv well yeah. and to be fair i think i mean so a movie like fatal beauty is not great but there's stuff about it i really love uh whereas a movie like deep cover i think deep cover is completely underrated i think that's a fucking masterpiece and should get more respect never saw it oh it's so fucking I mean, I, good I, I, I like I remember liking it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I also remembered liking King of New York. So I'm not, off of King of New York. <laughs> You're not I'm gonna be a sure lot more careful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay. So here's the things about King of New York. I like the idea that this dude comes back, and um, it's not clear. So people who haven't seen it, he Frank White is a is a sort of crime lord dude who's been serving in jail time in jail for like his, 20 years or something he's in yeah there for he's, forever he's been out of yeah. it for a long time and his gang has been pretty much out of the game uh they don't have any respect like how old was L- lawrence fishburne's character when he went in if he remembers him and he's like his second in command right yeah. i i was yeah. he 12 years old when he was like, <laughs> he's like a toddler yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look! Look! look. He's go a, on. Go I, don't, on. I don't think it's. Tw- I don't think it's. I don't think it's the, like twenty years. I don't think it's twenty years. I think it's ten years. Still, but okay. go on. Okay, no, I, I, think, I, can feel, I think I can ten feel. years makes sense because Lawrence Fishburne's character is about thirty. Yeah, I can. I can believe uh, it then. Okay. okay. And remember, all the cops were the cop. The cops who were trying to get him were the cops who put him away. Right. So I and they're it's, all. It's like everyone's in stasis while Frank White's away, so that when he comes back, they can all be like, ooh, "I knew you win." Yeah, you yeah, were, yeah. It's like a lot of like, and I mean, this is a lot of these types of films. I, I again, I like Carlito's way even better than, uh, and kind of deals with some of this stuff than Scarface. Mm-hmm. But Carlito's way, same thing. It's like they have to sit around and talk about this guy more than actually seeing See what him. it was yeah. to build him up. Right, and it's like you're already starting from a negative, like, and you're already kind of starting in the middle. It feels like, yeah, like, all this stuff but, happened, but not in a good way. It's like, like the exact opposite with Bad Lieutenant, where you're catching up and you're watching it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck, you're putting the pieces together. This shit is just people being like, oh man, Christopher Walken is a badass <laughs> motherfucker, and you're like. Is Christopher Walken a badass motherfucker? He's got a weird haircut and he's fucking yeah. But like, you see it immediately when he goes after the Italian guy. Yeah, the with the stogie. So there's Are so they, there's is he in like a Bay Ridge? So there's four. <laughs> so there's four. So there's four gangs that are the, that are sort of like running things while he's in jail, and each of these people are like shown to be bad people for various reasons, right? And so, um, and I love the idea of what he's wanting to do, right? Like he wants to save the rec center or whatever. Like that's just cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, he wants to he wants to protect, which is a real thing, you know. Like yeah, New York closed a bunch of hospitals, so he wants to keep this hospital open. But as soon as he gets back, he's murdering the other gang leaders, and it's partly a grasp for power, but partly he can kind of morally justify it as like these are bad people, and I'm not a bad person like them. I'm my own. Type person. Of person. You got fat while well, we stopped. <laughs> I really fucking bad. loved it. I love that part. Yo, okay. The first of all, I'm in from the Lawrence Fishburne scene, which I think is golden. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. You talking about the drug deal? So good. He's immediately hostile. I mean, for no reason. He is very charismatic, but the so li- there's some weird ass lines in there too. Like the guy, like, but that's part of his. Okay, so this is. Uh, this well, the is room service, motherfucker. <laughs> That's the best part. I literally tweeted last night. I literally. This is so funny because you are the you are apparently the people I was tweeting at, but I was tweeting at a, a faceless no one. I said, I, I think I, what I said on Twitter is, if in the King of New York when he bursts in and says room service motherfucker you don't get hype as shit you are dead you are not a human being because that is like fucking gold right, that right, is like right, the right. best thing when he did that when I was rewatching, and he did that I literally went yes fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so uh, I love the chicken scene here's what is he oh, the chicken the chicken so awesome this is what the, awesome. so this is what I I'm so in Abel Ferrara that I've read books about him about Abel Ferrara and in one of the books Abel Ferrara's moral vision uh-huh. In which it talks about sort of what one of the, his big things is improvisation. That mm-hmm. in fact, Lawrence Fishburne has been quoted many times as saying, "Of all of his roles, this is his favorite role of all time." Mm-hmm. Not necessarily his best movie. I know right. he never says that, but it's his favorite role. And partly it's because Abel Ferrara's whole thing is improvisation. But his thing with improvisation is not just let's punch up this script. It's like um, that we that you're going to be discovering something sort of together, like in a very actorly way, yeah. Yeah. but also that that's how real people are, that we're all sort of in this. And that, uh, the theory that this guy who was running away before is, is that that's what his movies are actually about. The ways that people respond sort of unpredictably and in their own ways. Mm. And so like the scene, the chicken scene as it's written in the script is clearly this thing where, um, our our man interacts with the chicken dude and then gives the kids the money as he leaves. He's showing he's a good guy yeah, and whatever. Yeah. But then in the actual scene, you notice it's like not like that at all. And Lawrence Fishburne is just like, I love where the guy's like, yeah, what do you want? He's like, what do I want? He's like, whoa, we're immediately like that, that, yeah. that sort of like interplay of that. And then See, the- but that's a good. So like that scene is, I, I do think works because yeah. there is a back, still a backbone of what it's trying to do. Yeah. Even story wise or character wise yeah. within it. Whereas there are like when you when the gang come up to the hotel room after Frank White's just gotten out and he, yeah. he's looking in the reflection of New York and he's yeah. the king of New York, yeah. et cetera, and they come up, there doesn't feel like anything there beyond like, okay, you're gonna find out these guys are his gang or whatever. So like they they just let him go loose They're like Christopher yeah. Walken, do your crazy dance shit because you love dancing (laughs) and he does like a chicken dance and they're all like getting around him like yeah man this is yeah you are the you're the king of new york man (laughs) i hate you so much (laughs) so but like that's like that's to me that doesn't work because it's just like that's when you're getting you're just letting the actor just go and just do some bullshit and you're just like, okay, cool. I guess we just let Christopher Walken because he dances and everything dance awkwardly. I, and I think okay, but I think that what I, I again, I think part of our issue here is that 
y'all are looking at Christopher Walken's performance and saying, and this is fair, it doesn't make any sense. Right. He he is emotionally unpredictable. He just says whatever the fuck you want. I mean, this is him in anything. Is that like? Yeah. It's hard to get an emotional. And how does he work read. with with? How does that gang work within him? But I, what I'm interested in is like. And you can tell me because I don't know. Like you're the 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 Ferrara, Ferrara historian. Yeah, I just all, like him a lot. Fan. Him. Go on, Ferrologian, Ferrologian, Ferrologist. Is like this movie feels like it's not of the kind of stuff he would do. Was this like a passion project to him? Did he write this and create it and decide to like? like push it himself and get it together cuz it feels like a almost like an assignment where he's putting some Ferrara stank on it but it is like a it's weird like a pop grab. Yeah. I mean, he did uh, again, I wouldn't say him as sort, but what I read suggested he did have a co-writer on it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. However, no, he apparently he developed people it were really though. stoked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that he is really Here's the thing. Have you seen Fear City? Yeah. I think he sees this as like a, a like in that realm of his yeah. work. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's telling this urban story. I mean, it, uh, the guy I was reading or when I was just reading about this, I didn't get to the essay in the book about Bad Lieutenant, but right. in this thing, he was saying this. People consider, uh, even if y'all hate it, people consider King of New York the beginning of Ferrara's mature period. Like rise, yeah. Like this is like him, him coming into his own. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. And uh, and I guess I mean, it definitely feels like. A movie, right? Yeah. Like his other stuff feel like it really feels like that's grimy. It's whatever you can do to pull a movie like mm-hmm. Miss Forty Five, all that kind of stuff, or whatever. It's I, like I love Miss Forty Five. No, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying but yeah, those I see what feel you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're scraping, getting ends. You're fucking going and shooting like one scene a month yeah, yeah, away yeah, yeah. from the the following, you know, that type of shit. And yeah. I, this, this definitely feels most. like it's a it's a production. There's like you know the there, most movie. Yeah, there was a craft service truck. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It is true. There's a lot of like there's a lot of moviness in the right. sense of like uh, shiny. It, it it does seem like a mashup of like what was already going on at that time. But then with and then he's shiny like, gangstery yeah, movies. exactly. And he's like, it, he gets to do that now, right? So then he does the scene where like they're in that is it a strip club or like a brothel when they all get attacked or whatever like it's no like, that's just an abandoned building they're having a party in yeah what the fuck Whoa. but it's like i uh, love that part because i think it's like man, an inter- I can't believe it this feels game. like an interpretive dance like idea it feels like a musical <laughs> version okay. of what new york city is supposed to look like okay no here's what's crazy about that scene so this was i so from what i read i think this was with this is only the second movie with this uh with this DP. Yeah. yeah and that uh, also with this editor mm-hmm. and what this editor did was edit that scene to a song specifically mm-hmm. like it really was meant to have this kind of like music video celebratory whatever yeah. thing going on only the song was pump up the volume <laughs> wow and then they found out they couldn't get the rights to pump up the volume because you know what came out this year pump up, pump the, up, volume. Pump up the volume <laughs> later. so they tried a million different songs and then the song they finally went with was like the best they could come up with yeah. so it was kind of like uh they have like it really worked with the other song is like their sort of <laughs> feeling but i think um i think yeah uh, okay this is definitely also Ferrar is very high at this time like this yeah. is like this is in the middle of his drug addiction he was the king of new york himself <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like talking to you guys about it it's like i definitely like man Maybe this movie is bad. I don't know, but I mean, when, there's like that stuff that you like. You when know, I watch like it, every yeah. moment of it, 
I'm having fun with this movie. Yeah, yeah. see, I'm not. I'm like the only like thing that bums me out is at the end when he doesn't get to be the king of New York. Right. The only part of this movie I don't <laughs> like is because okay, the cop, that cop bishop, yeah. is like the only good character really. Like yeah, good person. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, good character in the sense of a good person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because Frank, Frank feels like Ferrar is like, look, if all politicians and cops are criminals anyway, yeah. Why not have a criminal run everything? Right. And right. sure, Frank's a murderer, but he's so charming. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of. Uh, I love him. I love his character. <laughs> and I think I think the walk for me, Walken's performance is a question to the audience. And that in fact, remember right after he gets out, he has okay, this is a funny note. Good. The shower scene right after he gets out, mm-hmm. the whole cast was there mm-hmm. in this in the scene. Like waiting for him to Because everyone was so confused by his hair they wanted to see it get wet because they thought maybe it wasn't real <laughs> and like it was a wig or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then when he got wet and it was fine they were all like what is going on with this fucking hair <laughs> but but in the scene but you know he was like give me like a, a hip style like you know like the kid play they have give me one of these <laughs> the Jesus. anyways in that scene he kind of looks at the camera a little bit there's like he like kind of yeah. looks at, and it's like um walken actually talked about that later is like for him that's what the movie's about Oh. that the whole movie is a question to the audience. And in fact, Ferrara said it's a question to him as the filmmaker. Of what? Which is, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is, is, is Frank White the is villain? Is his hair real? Yeah, is his hair real as far as <laughs> Is he the villain? Is he the hero? Yeah. What is going on here? And that Ferrara, after the movie's out, he's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know. Because the only person who is actually a good person is the one cop and that's the one who kills him. Yeah. All the other cops are bad. I mean, right. I guess part of the reason I love that scene, you are it's a ridiculous scene in the abandonability with the party. But what I love about this scene is it was like some Joel Schumacher, and I was like, Batman and Robin type <laughs> shit. Like they might as well have had neon fucking like Nipples wardrobe and, and shit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was crazy. I kind of like it. <laughs> but what I love about what I also love about that scene is that there that's when the cops are attacking. I was like, who is this other gang that's coming yeah. after them? And it's like, oh, that's the cops. <laughs> I just don't like cops. Okay, anyways. Um, okay, so the movie, I will say, I was already going to say this. I don't think it's as mature as Bad Lieutenant. Okay. And the reason I was bringing it up earlier is it's really trying to entertain you. But that's, I do that's, think that there are other questions going on. I, I think uh, there is something else he's trying to get at. But he's very concerned with entertaining you. But that's Whereas a, Bad a, Lieutenant, he doesn't give a fuck. It feels to me like they're skipping all the entertainment value. It's like every you've seen every gangster movie where it's like the drug they're testing the drugs or whatever the fuck yeah. beforehand, and then there's a gunfight, and then there's like uh, an Uzi fight in an alleyway with a fucking. But it's like a I don't know. It just doesn't. It feels like they just jump ahead to everything because they're all kind of cliched, and I feel like that's almost. It, that's why it feels to me more like an '80s action movie of that ilk of like the Van Damme shit or the fucking like a like a Seagal flick or something of that time that like he might as well have broken somebody's arm and then taken a pool ball and then <laughs> nah, fucking. But no, those boom. movies don't have fucking Lawrence Fishburne being the best Lawrence Fishburne I've ever seen. <laughs> Just eating chicken. I love it. I, love, I fucking love it. And shrimp. <laughs> oh god. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so uh, I feel like for y'all, and, uh, you weren't entertained. Scene, you thought it was kind of stupid, and you felt like the the it was not put together very well. Yeah, I definitely had a hard time staying in. Wow, you were about to say something. I was just gonna say, like, I I think Lawrence Fishburne is 
he's the only one that like is actually good in this. And even he is in a different movie than a lot of other people. Okay. In the movie. Like his death scene is awesome of the sense of being like laughing when, uh, when Wesley Snipes is dying, like all that sort of shit is fucking dope. And that's shot really cool. That's like getting into like, Oh, you're making like a slick Tony Scott, yeah, music video looking all silhouettes with rain, fucking gunfight, yeah. black rain style shit. Where you're yeah. like, damn, that uh-huh. looks fucking dope, and that feels like a movie, and it feels like that's what the rest of the movie wants to do. But then it's he either didn't have it in him, or it's just cheap, or whatever the deal is. The rest yeah. of it's like, or a, a good part of it is like just really badly done and not exciting or fun or interesting. So you, I don't know. It's a weird like it'll have. Like I'm down for if he just wanted to make like a fucking movie movie, like a yeah. you know, like a crime movie, whatever, yeah. you're just having a good time with it kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, this one felt like felt it was the, it was a it was a chore to yeah, get to like real draggy. I was, Yeah, I was just and like just Oh my god, please somebody yeah. kill the King of New York so we can just get <laughs> out of the King of New York. <laughs> Be done with the King of New York. <laughs> I, I'm I, so fucked up. I, 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 think I feel I, I feel about this. You com- feel, I feel about this conversation the way you feel about not even people who critique Pacific Rim two. <laughs> this is I feel like we're talking about Pacific Rim one, which I you know was a pure joy. Yeah, like for like literally for from, you this movie is a pure joy. Um, that pure, the quote on the pull quote on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. pure joy, pure joy, <laughs> cinepunks. Um, I really okay. I'm trying to think if there's things that bum me out. I mean, yeah, um, the I so I think David Caruso doesn't get a lot of respect as an actor that he should. Yeah. Like, I think he's done some great roles. Mm-hmm. He kind of um, fucked himself though. Yeah, I c- agreed. Yeah, but but um, I actually think parts of this that he's in are really good but mm. other parts i don't enjoy him in, in this movie yeah and i think this is like the one true crime for me of this film is i just think wesley snipes is given nothing to do yeah, like man. the he, best he is scene is him incredible. is that and is that yeah. when he gets killed by Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. that's the his only good scene and it, again that that for me doesn't lessen the movie but i just think man give wesley more snipes wesley more snipes. Yeah, give yeah, yeah, him yeah. more and that's the thing just watch new jack city like that's yeah, yeah. entertaining it's funny movie. they've got like crazy ass quotable lines and i just shit. think i like this more than new jack city. you like this more than new jack city wow. more than new jack I city i need to rewatch new jack city but yes i have better memories of this it feels like city. this is trying to do what new jack city actually accomplished like yeah but what, what year that. did new jack city come out uh, i think it was after this that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying that it took from New Jack City. Right. I'm just saying like it. Does, this doesn't feel like ninety-one. Also, oh, wait, 91. Nine, you mean ninety-one? I said ninety-one. Yeah, I New thought Jack you said City's eighty-one. 91. No, no, no sorry. Okay. that's different. Time. So, and then this is eighty-nine. You said mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think it's like obviously not stealing from it or anything, but it's like that is that achieved what this is trying to do, where it's trying to be fun and it's still serious and have some kind of message to it and like. Uh, like a serious, like a like a heightened look at that sure. world, you know. Yeah. I I guess the other thing, if I'm being really honest, is like I think your original thing is kind of true. I'm a little anxious about the whole like this is a movie about a cool white guy. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like because that's who April. I mean, April Ferrara is yeah. the essential cool New York white guy. Right, right, right. The one white guy who like gets invited to the barbecue. Right. So the right, fact right. that he made a crime movie version of himself is a little weird. So like I kind of get. And they're that. all looking up to him. They're like, "Man, you're so cool. You're back." They're like, the, "Whoever it, April Ferrara probably recorded like the background vocals of just go watch that scene again when they all show up at the hotel and you just you just hear in the background like, "Yeah, man, do it. Yeah, damn." Okay, 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 okay. My here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I will say, uh, uh, man. Now I'm going to say all the things I do think are negative. The thing about that scene, I get it because he just went to jail for everybody, right? Which the whole point of having a gang structure is that everyone goes to jail before you, right? So he's already better than everyone else because every other boss would be like, "No, you You go to jail. I'm in charge." He went to jail for everybody, so they're all like, "We love you, Frank." I get that. But I also thought that scene would be an awesome setup if the plot of this movie was that everyone betrays Frank. Oh. Yeah. That, then yeah. that scene would be amazing. Yeah. It actually... Because then they'd be trying too hard to fucking like show like they love him. And especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so much menace. There's so much menace when he says, he's like so joyful. And then he like kind of quiets down a little bit. He touches his nose. He goes, so uh, why didn't you come see me when I was, you know? Yeah. That should be the setup for a betrayal. Yeah. And it isn't. Yeah. He just goes, anyone see you in a cage? He's just like, well, that's the end of that scene. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> and then he gets blasted and he's just like, well, fuck, Lawrence Fisher's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that. I mean, I, I love that scene uh, again also, with, with the cops and the hatred of cops and whatnot. But I, lo- I do love and I don't wish uh, violence on anybody. Right. But man, that scene where he rolls up with the shoddy and just blasts him at the fucking cop funeral. You know, when I, like, so yeah. when I well, also, they were getting. They were getting buried together. Yeah. That was kind of weird. The two cops are getting Feels buried strange. side yeah. by side. They just wanted to save money. It's easier with one <laughs> So would, there, would, they, prices, would hit the kid's know. new wife, would she have to get buried on the other side and then the other wife have to get Man, buried? you really thought this through. I didn't <laughs> think it through. I was just like, why are there two coffins right at <laughs> the same because it, it just Because it just made it that much harder that he's like, I'm going to roll up and shoot this guy at the right. <laughs> Both of these fools families. <laughs> when I... <laughs> I will say when I posted about this on Twitter, the most of the response was people saying how much they love this movie. And one person specifically, one person specifically, Andy uh, Elijah, oh right, was like, "Yo, when David Crusoe gets it, that shit's hard." I was like, <laughs> "I know, that's like so tough." No, it is, and I and he does that in Bad Lieutenant too. It's a cool. This is just a technical gag, but the whole like juice pack flying up like yeah, off yeah, yeah. screen sort of shit that feels so visceral you're just like oh my god it's everything just went against the windshield it's so gnarly yeah. also when uh lawrence fishburne asked for extra ketchup for no reason yeah <laughs> like that part no i that the chicken scene like him flossing him like then like fucking with the chicken guy and then being like how much is it fuck you very much whatever <laughs> like takes the chicken and leaves like shows he's a gangster that shit's dope gives the kids the quarters turkeys on thanksgiving type shit but like (laughs) and then the cops busting in and like embarrassing them in front of those kids so you kind of see everything in that one that's an awesome scene but i feel like that's the thing that was a thought out sort of they were working on multiple levels of like story and theme and character and everything whereas some of the other stuff feels definitely just thrown together where they're like we're going to be in an abandoned building with titties out, <laughs> dancing with a shotgun fight busting out of it. It, it doesn't <laughs> feel very... I will say, it again, no, I'm just... I'm talking, I mean, we don't have to keep repeating. Talking yeah. all this shit. But uh, 
but it does movie. it feel very secure in the abandoned but i, I remember thinking that, no, like stupid. now it's they dangerous. left all that yeah. fucking coke yeah <laughs> now all the coke is still in the building yeah, right dumb. right the yeah. coke they stole Dead from what? the yeah. a, from the asian gang feels weird and the msg barrels <laughs> yeah because <laughs> asians msg barrels hey man we got them in my parents basement i don't know <laughs> those full barrels of <laughs> full barrels of msg in my parents house whatever it was a little heavy-handed that the guy was watching Nosferatu too. Right. Yeah, and oh, he's I like, get it. He's a vampire in the community. We got we got Frankenstein up next. Yeah, don't leave. Don't we got leave. Frankenstein. Don't leave, Frank. In I get white it. I get it. Fuck, I don't know. You're a monster, King of New York. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, how do you? He love is. This movie? He is the King of New York. I do. I, do. I don't know. One hundred percent. As much as I'm like, actually, don't they ha- don't they titular line? Doesn't someone say "King of New York" in the movie? I'm trying to. Th- oh they, no, they, they say it like in a mocking way, like "Oh, you think you're the King of New York?" Right. Okay. And then of course, no, Christopher no, no. Walken just moves around like Dances a dancer, a little, a little sh- shimmies a little. <laughs> I see. I think I actually 100 percent think our primary disagreement is actually about Christopher Walken. Oh. I find his performance magical, and y'all find it bad. Yeah. I feel like if you liked his performance, then the other things that bother you about this movie would, would fall away. Because so yeah. it's like between Lawrence Fishburne and Christopher Walken and the guy who sells them out, I actually like that guy in this role. Yeah, I just... Oh, I, I love that dude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, And he's and he he's the... Is he in Pulp Fiction or he's in... Yes. Yeah. He's... My name's Paul. He's like the yeah, bartender yeah, yeah. dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah. this between y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it was. Just, it was. I love Christopher Walken, and I can obviously they're gonna cast Christopher Walken in the fucking movie. Like they're they're making it at the time, whatever. But like, I do agree. It would have just worked better, and probably been a better movie if it was just Lawrence Fishburne was the king of New York, and Wesley Snipes was his second lieutenant, mm-hmm. and Christopher Walken was like the fucking good cop. If you wanted to do Christopher Walken in a movie, whatever. Yeah. I think it works for me because what Abel Ferrara is assuming is that uh, Chris. What I think is important about the scene where he shoots the old Italian man is the idea that Christopher Walken has a prior relationship with the Italians, mm-hmm. and that the Italians wouldn't be in a room with Lawrence Fishburne. Right, they wouldn't yeah. associate with him. Yeah, and when Chris Walken. Yeah, and Chris Walken gets to come in and be like, "I'm just going to murder you." Yeah, and then some of your guys are going to be my guys. Which they do become his They guys. walk out, yeah. 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 And he's like, because, then, fuck you, because I'm going to do that. And that's, I, I, I feel like that's the one scene where I'm like, this is why everyone likes Frank. Yeah, but, and it, but to that, it's like, it doesn't, again, they are always, everyone's saying he's the king of New York. They're always talking about it, but, and it's Christopher Walken, granted, but he doesn't feel super dangerous to me. Like, he doesn't, I don't, I don't buy that, like, the world is fucking terrified of this dude as like a big time gangster guy. Yeah. Well, but they're not terrified. I thought the whole theme of the movie was that no one is scared of him, and that's why he has to keep murdering everyone. Well, he has oh. to like earn it back. But no, but he's like, you know, he's the yeah, he's the big boss that went away. So his star is waning. But at one point, he like he was the gaudy or whatever. Where he, like sure. people weren't even fucking around like saying his name on the street kind of thing, right? Because yeah. he's like, you tell him Frank White's that you know wanted the thing or whatever so like yeah i don't know i just didn't super buy and again i think part of it's like his gang i don't buy those guys being his gang all that sort of stuff and i like the idea of it being like 
yeah, you you mess with the blacks. We don't like that. That whole stuff is really cool with the Italians and Bay Ridge or wherever he goes to Brooklyn to <laughs> meet them at. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just they're, they're, I'm not buying him as the king of New York in the ki- in the movie, the king of New York, <laughs> the titular character of the king of New York. I'm not buying him as the king of New York. I mean, I feel like the whole story is that he is not and can never be the king of New York. Right, and that's the rub. He never gets. He never gets there. It's interesting to me, not to yeah go away a little bit, but like it's interesting that this is. I feel like Biggie was kind of just trying to like force the the issue here yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Frank White King of New York shit. Yeah, because he was like, "Well, fucking Nas nah, got Scarface. What am I gonna get? I gotta get a fucking <laughs> King of New York. <laughs> I like a King of New York. Fuck it." <laughs> but like, it's interesting that. So I don't think it super took off. Obviously, it's not Scarface level. Yeah, like in the there's no hip- posters. No, no. Uh, but w- what? Why do you think that there is? any kind of lasting like it it feels like it's a very to me it feels like a very throwaway this is fine but then you just move on sort of thing why do you think it is lasting like people yeah say i i and i had a false sense of like oh that's a better movie than it was in my mind so like in the culture people do yeah still like the movie my feeling is that so i think part of it is that there are people who just love abel ferrara I hear about that a lot. Like people, everyone has their kind of favorite Abel Ferrara thing, you know, but, um, he has just a really kind of weirdly devoted following of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, any, and to be fair, he has a more diverse career than I think people give him credit for. Uh, so I, I, I think the people who know about him, there's that, but I think also, um, People are obsessed with Christopher Walken. Again, yeah. if you like Christopher Walken's performance in this movie, then I think the whole movie is just fun. And yes, if I really think about it, there's some dumb shit in the movie. <laughs> but um, again, I think there's – my memory is that uh, there's 20 to 30 times as much dumb shit in New Jack City. That New Jack City is so badass. It might even be more badass than this movie. Mm. But it – Barely works as a film. No, it's yeah. not. There's it's not like weird it's not realistic sure. no. at all. Like yeah. I'm just saying, if you're gonna go with like fun, goofy, like gangster flick, yeah, New Jack this, City is that movie. I sure. just think this has a this has a uh, this this is missing. It's Pookie. <laughs> yeah, this is missing. It's Judd <sighs> Nelson and uh, Ice T. <laughs> oh, I want to shoot you so bad, my dick is hard. It's missing that. Yep, it sure is. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, <laughs> there is something about. Uh, I think it's the. I think it's okay. There's, there's something again ambiguous, right? Um, of who? Frank it's is. in the it's in the tradition of uh, the black exploitation movie that has the the um, criminal character who's a hero. Yeah, the come up. Yeah, but on the, the other country. hand, it's not because it's never clear. It's never what I think the movie actually is intentionally doing is it's never clear if the hospital is a gag or not. No, I think he. Why? Why do you think that? I think he well, wants to do it again, but why? Because he's he is, you know, like it's very surface, but it's the redemption thing of like oh, I'm trying to come back and clean up and be the king of New York for real, <laughs> See, and a king's got to be good and bad. Again, this is where I disagree. 
I don't think it's surface. I think it's purposefully <laughs> ambiguous. Okay. I think Ferrara really is saying uh, it's unclear why he wants to do the hospital. Mm. And I, I don't know. I think he's really trying to get at something. And I think that's why it has a lasting power because some people really like that aspect to it. And it connects on that level. Yeah, I yeah. think so. That, that There's this idea because if you're in a world where you are idolizing a life outside of the law, this is a easier way to get there. You're, uh, what I don't understand, I mean, um, so for example, I don't understand the lasting power of Boys in the Hood for people who are a part nothing about boys in the hood says maybe this isn't so bad like everything about boys in the hood is like this is a fucking nightmare we're living in a nightmare yeah. it's terrible so the fact that anyone would watch that who's part of that world and go yeah put on boys there's no uh, well, i think with boys in the hood at least a it's 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 obviously very arch it's like yeah so big right yeah. and it's like shakespearean level yeah. drama type shit but like that I feel like was more of a representation thing at the time, yeah. where it's like fuck, yeah. you just never even seen yourself. No, like, I get it, why it sticks around too, because it's hip- a beautiful film. I mean, yeah. it's a better movie, but I just think like I get why this movie clicks with people whose image of themselves is kind of on the edge. Okay, you know what I mean. Whereas right. some of the other options on the table, mm. even if they're badass and fun, they're not as ambiguous as this movie. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. If you take away the song "New Jack Hustler," yeah, "New Jack City" is not that. It's not really that. That song. Well, "New Jack Hustler" is pretty ambitious. Uh, "New Jack Hustler" kind of makes it sound like right. that's kind of bad. I mean, it's it's fucked up too, and it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a little. "New Jack Hustler" the song is a little bit of a defense of the criminal. Okay. It's a little bit like, yeah, this is fucked up, but you kind of made it this way. So, like, this is kind of what capitalism is anyway. So, what's the difference between this form of capitalism? That's what the song makes the case. The movie doesn't make that case. No, the movie does not. There's clearly defined lines in the movie. Yeah, of good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this movie is ambiguous, and I think that appeals to some people. Even if you guys are right and the movie is a bad movie, (laughs) I think it appeals because of that ambiguity. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas I don't know that there's a lot of other options from this time period that are that yeah. ambiguous. And they're trying to do the same thing, like, or in that yeah. milieu. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, this came out around fucking Goodfellas and like the Goodfellas only... just eats this shit alive. So, what yeah, you, you know, what are we talking about? The only other one I think that has that same level of like, what is even going on is Deep Cover. Yeah. But that's a whole different thing. And, and I think it's deep. too <laughs> it's covered. covered. It's deep. Have you ever seen, um, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I really dug it. Um, State State of Grace. Oh, I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah, the yeah, Sean yeah, Penn. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, I've seen it. He's uh, <coughs> same thing. He's like it's Irish mafia, and he goes. Yeah. Uh, he's undercover. He's a cop. He'd left for a while, mm-hmm. and you, you're kind of. He's trying to get back in with all these guys, and then like pretty soon in, like you know, first act break or whatever, you find out he's a cop, and he's trying to go undercover, and it's like deep cover and too deep, right. you know, whatever the fuck. I mean, deep cover also has. Fire ass fucking Dre song. It's so, so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, first, we're actually talking first, about first Snoop Dogg appearance. Yeah, we're right. actually talking about incredible songs to movies, and also Jeff. Go- I mean, King of New York would be better if Jeff Goldblum was in it. Because Jeff Goldblum Jeff is Goldblum absurd in fucking Deep Cover. He's absurd in almost everything he <laughs> yeah. does. So, but he's extra Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That shit. Yeah. Extra crispy he Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess we can wrap up. Yeah, sure. But I'm 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 glad we talked about this. Even yeah, if yeah, I yeah. got roasted and everyone I'm hates King of New York, I love it. Last, yeah, it's good. I, it's good because I don't feel like 
I don't feel like an asshole for liking it. You shouldn't feel like it. But I no, get ever. why you guys don't like it. You're well, so sometimes nice. if we disagree on something, I might be like, no, oh, you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but in this case, I'm like, no, okay. I see what you're saying, but I don't know. You still like it, man. You got to stand true. I watched it with my wife. She got stoked, too. We high-fived. Good for you guys. <laughs> we didn't high-five. <laughs> <laughs> you and the baby high-fived. Yeah. Me and my baby. Maeve yeah. fucking loves Christopher Walken. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is. I mean, I can see children loving him as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly the feeble-minded, but children but see, too. It's so yeah, great. It's cool. like, I mean, maybe this is just a writing thing, but like Christopher Walken is fucking terrifying in true romance like oh, as, true. as a gangster yeah, yeah, yeah. dude like you you buy he walks in and you're like like that shit, that is yeah. a fucking kingpin yeah yeah. and yeah, there's yeah. something and maybe it's we're with him more in this and he has to let his guard down he has to dance silly he does not dance silly in fucking in true, true romance. romance yeah but like there's a lot more menace and even in that little scene in that character than in all of this <laughs> and he's not the king of new york in that <laughs> and he's a king of new york in this or maybe he's not oh my god ryan uh so movie comes out april 6th april 6th on vod and in theaters vod nationwide right select theaters philly la new york atlanta um and that some is others. awesome yonkers yonkers new york oh you mean the, the album yeah. I, if yeah. you say yonkers i just go oh you mean the album yeah that's it's right the, what else yeah. yeah winchester alamo oh yeah okay uh, kansas yeah. city they were really fucking cool we went to a festival earlier this year kansas uh, city shout out to nerds of nostalgia right. our people in kansas City. yeah and panic Casey. fest yeah, yeah panic fest man yeah. they were awesome very cool people yeah um yeah and it's super wild. I, I'm excited. I mean, it never should have gotten this far, so I'm just excited to see what happens with it. I'm not, you know, I'm I not scared. It, I, I think it's going to take over the world. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see 2018 it. is your year. <laughs> 2018 yeah. is coming. Yeah, no, seriously. I Legacy fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like people to find you on social media? Is that a thing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just Ryan Prowse, P-R-O-W-S, and then the movie is, it's all low life, the movie. Okay. For all our socials. So check it out. If you do get to see it and you love it, tell all your friends, put it on the internets on the yeah it, i think you do have to go and do the whole rating on the on itunes and yeah, all like definitely. it'll be on all that stuff nice. um, yeah amazon and everything and yeah like obviously try and go see it in the theater if it's near you but otherwise vod that mug <laughs> yo check it out and <laughs> we uh it. we have to thank ryan for being on the show yes thank you for having us yeah, thank you. uh thank thanks to uh lehigh valley apparel creations for our beautiful being sponsors our, our sponsors Thank you guys. Uh, and uh, thank my wife, Megan thanks. Southwell, for sitting here. Thank you so much for being patient while we, while Talked. everyone roasts me about King of New York. I really appreciate that. Uh, and thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Download, download, download. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Smoke bomb. Bye. Smoke weed. <laughs>